This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. These two young men have attracted a tremendous following among the youth of America with their lyrical interpretation of the world we live in. We think you will find the next hour both entertaining and stimulating. If you don't mind, I will begin at the beginning. It's a new day. Let's get going. One, two, three. Bad boy! Four, five, six. B-I-G! Ah! Hey, Wendy. Hey, good morning, you guys. Allie, I miss you on Channel 5. Sorry, oh, thank I have you. They can have uh, her back. I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. Here's our Christmas gift to Jeff. Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize that was out loud. This is like a modern day enchanted. It's like a fairy tale. She could be your soulmate. Oh, not likely. The three billion women on the planet, most of them live in Asia, so the numbers just don't add up. Peter's gonna hate. How about that whole deal? And now. What's wrong with having a slice of real cheese once in a while for crying out loud? Our feature presentation. I agree. By the way, Richard Simmons, go for it. It's the holidays. Welcome into yet another all-new Kevin and Bean Show, this time for a Thursday, the 6th of December, 2018. Hey, kids. Hello. Do you all allow yourself a little extra wiggle room when it comes to the holidays and your diet? Do you all go, you know what? This time of year, I'm going to have that cake, that pie, those cookies. It's Christmas. Two weeks before Halloween through the new year. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Bring so it on. Quite a grace period. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so your fourth quarter is just fattened up. Oh, yeah. Basically. <laughs> and then you wake up January 1st and you go, oh, what have I done? Usually like the the first week of January, I'm like, wow, this got this got bad. This got out of control. Yeah, yeah. Because I, uh, I don't eat a lot of sweets. I'm not a huge sweets guy. Mm-hmm. But... It's hard to resist. I mean, you know, we had, uh, I had some people come by the, the house yesterday that brought cookies. You know, oh, yeah. home, home-baked uh, holiday cookies. And sure. You, I mean, A, it would be rude to decline. For yeah. sure. And B, they're so good. Yeah. You know, so I feel like, I feel like calories shouldn't count at the holidays. They shouldn't. Uh, they do. Right. Unfortunately. But yeah, a lot. I'm not, a, I don't eat sweets. If you put a cheesecake in front of me or mm-hmm. a loaf of sourdough bread, give me that sourdough bread. I will carb it up. Yeah. I, I guess what's bothered me the most recently is that we we seasonally kind of prohibit foods that I love. Like, mm-hmm. why can we only really eat stuffing in the fourth quarter or pumpkin yeah. pie? We could do this at any point. We're we adults. We could. That bothers and me. And it's probably why we gorge on it. Yeah. Because I we feel like right. this is why we don't have it. So let's get as much stuffing in our mouth. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. And I also think most of us are not going to go to the store and buy Reese's peanut butter cups. But now when we have a big bag of them in our in yeah. our hallway yeah. because of Halloween, we go, oh, man, this is awesome. I'm going to have as much of this as I can. Yeah. yeah. That totally makes sense. Also, my wife, I don't know if you, if you saw on Instagram that I've been posting it. My wife has been buying 
Oreos uh, covered in white fudge. No, she's like on a weird mission yeah. with these things. She's like <laughs> going to different Costco's and stuff. What's happening? Targets. Targets. Yes. Targets. It's very odd. She has maybe 40 boxes of the same limited edition Oreos in the house. And she does it without irony because she, three years ago, found these Oreos and loved them and then couldn't find them again. And, now, and it's not happening to her again. She's furious. Right. It's not going to happen again. Um, and so she buys like 15 to 20 boxes a day. Are they are they seasonal? or? Yeah, they're seasonal. Okay. They're limited oh. edition. Oh. Quote unquote. Food limited edition. Right. And we have so many in the house that I feel like I've put on maybe 8 pounds of just pure white fudge Oreo. Well, it's her McRib, really, <laughs> is, is what yeah. it is. <laughs> she also, way, also hoards the McRib. She oh, has 30, 40 in the house. <laughs> Pounds put on by Oreos are worth it, though. Those are pounds that you could uh, you could defend. Yeah, I don't even like Oreos, normal Oreos, yeah. but the ones covered in white fudge are almost its own beast. The whole cookie the is whole covered cookie. in white fudge. Well, you need to bring some of those yeah. in. Yeah, so I mean, we, can, we can't she, let my wife see yeah, that. We yeah. can't let her know. If she doesn't yeah. know about it, just swipe one box. Yeah. Did you at any time in the uh, in the three-year gap period where she was between finding the Oreos, did you find her up late at night on on eBay <laughs> trying to buy them at jacked up prices. I know that's live a, without them. that is a, a hyperbolic joke, but it, it is a hundred percent true. <laughs> I, about a, over a year ago, she told me about them and she said it with the fervor that like a former heroin addict talks about drugs. Wow. Right. And, and she I got a hookup. I got a hookup. Yeah, she's like, I remember this thing and drool coming out of her mouth. And she would tell me about it. And she's like, Oh, it's sort of the white whale. It's like, I've never, you know, I could never find it. And then I would catch her every once in a while checking online for it. And then she, we walked up at a time. Target and they had a big display oh, wow. and almost like a tear in her eye. Oh. And then she just one hand supermarket sweeped just the entire display into nice. a cart. It was be- nice. it was stunning, actually. Well, I've seen her reposting other people that have found them where they are, yeah. and they're like, what have you done to me? Now yeah. I'm doing it in my neighborhood. Yeah, she's adding to the ratio of obesity <laughs> she- in this country. <laughs> but worth it. Good food. Yeah. There are so many different Oreo flavors, yeah. by the way, now. I mean, it's a little bit out of control. Yeah, and they the did one, peppermint the one bark, that I, too, right? They did what? Peppermint bark. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The one that I heard about that I've never found or seen is Cherry Coke Oreos. Oh, yeah. Whoa. I don't I don't like it. I would like to try it because yeah. those are two of my favorite things. I'd like to see if they're two ta- great tastes that taste great together. Interesting. But I have not found them yet. But yeah, they got a they got a million of them. That's for sure. I'll put Danielle on it. Please do. It sounds like she's the the one to do it. Yeah. Hey, um, real quick, I want to do this uh, thing because uh, we are running out of shows for 2018. And um, I think if my math is correct, we only have one more great news coming up on Monday. That's so, true. There, And there's too many great news things happening right now to miss this one. I was thinking a lot about this yesterday. You know, the uh, the media is a lot of, on uh, when you watch the TV and the TV news, it's a lot of uh, late breaking and what's shiny. And a lot of times stories that probably deserve follow-up and further attention don't get it because we've moved on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. And a perfect example of that is the wildfires, the Southern California wildfires, which we almost never hear about anymore. Yet there are hundreds and hundreds of people whose lives were completely shattered, mm-hmm. who are rebuilding starting from nothing. And that's one of the reasons, why, the, by the way, why we've teamed up with Spark of Love this year. And Beer Mug is going to be out in Pasadena. We'll talk to him next hour collecting new unwrapped toys for the Spark of Love uh, Firefighters Toy Drive. So this four-year-old named Riley Wooten, he lived in Paradise, uh, California. And uh, along with lots of other people up there, his house was destroyed. As the fire approached, his grandmother and um, his mom 
barely managed to escape with little Riley before their home went up in flames. He is a dinosaur collector. He had hundreds of toy dinosaurs. That's been oh, his thing. That's dinosaurs. been his toy. Okay. <laughs> yes. Allie concerned about the size of the house. <laughs> what? Yeah. So he grabbed two of his dinosaurs, and his grandmother grabbed some of their clothes, and that is all they have left. They lost everything. Aww. He said, uh, my mom was crying. They were convinced we were going to die in the car, but he did everything he could to, you know, to to make his mom and his grandma feel better, assuring them it's going to be okay because he's a dinosaur trainer, he said. He left the house wearing his little hooded dinosaur jacket, and he's obsessed. So, heartbroken, obviously, he lost all of his dinosaurs. So, friends started asking what they could do to help the family, and the mom said, you know what? He's so sad without his dinosaurs. If you wouldn't mind just picking him up a little dinosaur, it would make him so happy. And that message went viral. And oh, now wow. he has hundreds of dinosaurs again. Please stop sending my kid <laughs> dinosaurs. <laughs> well, here's what makes it. First of all, I'm so happy for little Riley because, look, he may not even. He's How old did I say he was? He's like four. So he may not even comprehend the the enormity of what has been lost. Right. You know, if his parents are doing their job, they're keeping him as as positive and as happy as they can, and he doesn't know the struggles that they're going through right now, but the dinosaurs are what make him happy. So he just lights up and gets so excited. Every time the mailman comes, he gets more dinosaurs. By the way, his preschool that he attends was also destroyed, so his whole life is upside down. These dinosaurs are his anchor right now. Here's where I'm heading with all this. He has now gotten so many dinosaurs that he has decided it was his idea, his mom said, to start sending them to evacuation shelters so that other kids affected by the fire Come can enjoy them on, too. Come on, Riley. This kid. Little Riley, right? Riley oh, 2020. I Riley mean, forever. Yep. I mean, until tomorrow when we find out he's a racist, this yeah. is an awesome kid. <laughs> So he gets all these dinosaurs, and rather than just say, mine, 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 he says, you know what? There are other kids out there who could probably use a dinosaur, too. I love him. He's a good kid. I do. I love that story. So anyway, out of of order. I know it's not Monday, but that is some great news. Uh, Let's talk about today's Kevin Beach show, shall we? Oh, come on. No, 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 no. Come, come, no. (laughs) I don't know that that's the attitude. We have to. It is uh, Thursday, which means we are going to get up on this mm-hmm. every uh, week around 7 o'clock. Jensen uh, introduces us to something new, something we may have missed. Can be uh, can be a podcast, can be a movie, can be a film, can be an item that we can buy, can yeah. be a trend. Yeah. And uh, we never know what it is ahead of time, so I'm, uh, I'm going to be listening right along with everybody else to find out what it is. There's a uh, there's a popular uh, theory, Jensen. You say it's been going around for a couple of years, but it is back in the news uh, this week that Christmas Story, the all time classic Christmas Story, the movie is terrible. Mm-hmm. It's a hot take, hot take right now. <sighs> this is part of millions of people's holiday enjoyment is seeing that movie. That twenty four hour marathon on TBS is their favorite part of the whole year, right? Yeah, it's a big film, and, and uh, it, it was a cult hit. It, it wasn't a big deal when it first came out, and then it mm-hmm. got yeah. steam over the years. I feel like the thing now is telling people why they shouldn't enjoy things, and it drives me absolutely bonkers. The world is crap enough. We have so many people saying, oh, you like that? Here's why you shouldn't. Yeah, It's absurd. And I, I hate this woman. Yeah, I get and that. And I want her in a in a box Whoa. in the ground. Whoa. Didn't even kill her. Just put her in a box. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm not going to cover it. Right. It's like an open box. She can get out at any yeah, time. She's got holes in it. But I feel like I'm just sending a message. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> message received, yeah. I would say. RJ Bell, pregame.com, Las Vegas, talking NFL Week 14 picks. It's getting uh, serious now. Every week, uh, uh, somebody's going to clinch 
at this point. Right. Uh, you know, we're finding out where the playoffs are shaping up, so we'll see what RJ has to say. More videos will come out from hotels. Lots yep. of stuff in the NFL. Certainly that the NFL will have not at all properly investigated. Right. <laughs> and uh, how about this? How about Jonah Ray making <gasps> his triumphant Yay! return to the Kevin and Bean show? What a great dude Jonah is. And he, of course, is the host of Mystery Science Theater 3000 uh, on Netflix. So we'll catch up with Jonah. That'll be fun. Dr. Drew Pinsky with his weekly Thursday visit as well. And speaking of great news, I uncovered something last night. I'm not going to tease. I'm not going to tell you anything right now. I'm just going to tease. At 630 this morning, I'm going to blow your guys' mind Mm. with some great news. Oh, all right. I'm, t- I'm just I'm counting it down right now. Okay, you guys are going to be as happy as I am. D- can you see a little a little spring in my step here today? I wasn't sure what it was. I thought it was like a limp. I wasn't <laughs> sure. Yeah, I found out something so amazing that I can't wait to share with you guys one hour from right now. All of that plus Allie's got what's happening when we return on K Rock. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K Rock. Is it Golden Globes nomination day, Allie? It is already. They came out at five a.m. this morning. Wow. Oh, yeah. The uh, year's just flying on by. We are head on into uh, into uh, award season, mm-hmm. and Allie is here to break it down for us here on what's happening on The Kevin and Bean Show. Yes, the 76 Golden Globes will air on Sunday, January 6th, and we now know who the host will be. Announced, uh, I don't know, late last night, early this morning, Andy Samberg and Sandra Oh. The famous comedy team. The famous comedy <laughs> duo of Andy Samberg and Sandra Oh. Have they ever, I don't know, met? Oh, yeah, they did the whole uh, back and forth of the flub between La La Land and Moonlight when they were presenting. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they made they made fun of, of awards. So what <laughs> okay. happened, basically what happened is two people went on stage, had good chemistry. Had chemistry. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to get hosts in 2018. Absolutely. And they said, let's try that again. And the fact that Andy was on SNL for so long yeah. and mm-hmm. is on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which moves to NBC and debuts the same week as the Golden Globes. Uh, that smart. helps smart. as well. And Sandra Oh is having uh, quite a moment right now. Good Lord, yeah. Because, because of her Killing Eve. Yeah, she not only stars on Killing Eve, but she's a co-executive producer. She's absolute magic. If you don't watch that show, it's my favorite show of the year. She's awesome. She's incredible. I so, might back you on that, Allie, by the way. That might be my favorite show of the year, too. I, I already called it, so it can only be mine. Oh, I didn't realize it, yeah, it was that's just how one it works. person. I'll, so. sit yeah. over, I'll sit over here alone with Barry. <laughs> See, that's my other favorite show. If, if I could have NoHo Hank on Killing Eve, I mean, that Seems would be like the best. It would be crossover. a weird crossover, yeah. but I'd be into it. Listen, let me give you guys the uh, the movie nominations for Golden Globes because there are about 8,000 of them. Okay. Best motion picture drama, Black Panther, Bohemian Rhapsody, If Beale Street Could Talk, Black mm-hmm. Klansman, and A Star is Born. Great movie. A Star nope. is Born is a great All right. movie. Yeah. Oh, did we lose this mic? Bummer. Yeah, Bummer. It just cuts out something. Yes. Best performance by an actress in a motion picture drama. Glenn Close for The Wife. Lady Gaga, A Star is Born. Mm-hmm. Nicole Kidman, Destroyer. Melissa McCarthy, Can You Ever Forgive Me? Rosamund Pike for A Private War. That's the one where she plays the, uh, the journalist, the war journalist. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know uh, what Destroyer is or... Yeah, that could have been fake. Yeah. That is real. It just okay. hasn't opened yet. All right. You know, the Golden Globe, they see things before we do. Yeah, they do. The international press. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, actor in a drama, Bradley Cooper, a star is born. Mm-hmm. Willem Dafoe for At Eternity's Gate. Lucas Hedges for Boy Erased. Rami Malek. Rami Malek. Yeah. That guy. Bohemian Rhapsody. John David Washington for Black Klansman. 
for best motion picture, musical, or comedy. <gasps> Crazy Rich Asians, The Favorite, Green Book, Mary Poppins Returns, and Vice. Uh, okay, Vice. Just saying. <laughs> Does it make sense to you that Vice is in the same category as Mary Poppins? Did you just say that? I did. It's musical or comedy, which I I would put Vice in drama. drama. Yeah, it looks um, like a drama to me. But maybe maybe we'll get to why. Uh, best performance by an actor, musical or comedy, Christian Bale in Vice, mm-hmm. Lin-Manuel Miranda, Mary Poppins Returns, Viggo Mortensen, Green Book, Robert Redford, The Old Man and the Gun. He plays the old <laughs> man like, in that seems one. like a fake title. <laughs> and that, John that's... C. Riley, Stan oh, and Ollie. John C. Riley. I yeah. can't wait to see Stan and Ollie. Yeah, but that's all Christian Bale, everybody. Just letting you know. You guys remember the Robert Redford movie where he plays a you know a bank robber, a very polite bank robber on his last job. Oh, so The Old Man and the Gun is... It, it's about an old man with okay. a gun, right? Okay, literally. Okay, good, I good. just want to make sure Jensen doesn't think it's fake. You know, that's a real movie that came out. I still think Ali's just making some of these up. <laughs> Might be. Uh, best animated motion picture, Incredibles 2, Isle of Dogs, Mirai, Ralph Breaks the Internet, and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Ah, there's your winner right there. I don't know. Isle of Dogs also very, very good. Yeah, and people do love the Wes Anderson. Yep. Uh, best performance by an actress in a supporting role. Amy Adams, Vice. Claire Foy, First Man. Regina King, If Beale Street Could Talk. Emma Stone, The Favorite. And Rachel Vice, The Favorite. I think there are a lot of really good movies and really good performances this year. What's The Favorite? The favorite is the uh, the one that's with uh, um... Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Best performance by an actor in a supporting role. Mahershala. Mer- I can never say his Mahershala? name. Mahershala. Mahershala Ali for Green Book. Timothy Chalamet for Beautiful Boy. Adam Driver, Black Klansman. Richard E. Grant. Can you ever forgive me? Sam Rockwell for Vice. Best director. Bradley Cooper, A Star is Born. <laughs> Alfonso Cuaron for Roma. Peter Farrelly, Green Book. Spike Lee for Black Klansman. And Adam McKay for Vice. Adam McKay for Vice. Mm. I'm t- once you see that movie, Jensen, uh, you're going to... All right, I'm excited. I'm telling I'll you. I'll be there first weekend. Woo! I'm so happy to see Black Klansman get a lot of recognition. You know, Spike Lee has been hit or miss for the last few years, but this was really a return to f- form for him, and it's great. There you have it. Uh... The Favorite is directed by my favorite uh, director uh, who did Dogtooth. And I don't know if you guys saw The Lobster. Oh, yeah. I love The yeah, Lobster. Yeah, yeah. So this is his new movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I love his, his Dogtooth film. Oh. It's crazy. And obviously The Lobster is insane. But yeah. this is his newest. Is it Cuckoo as well? Do oh, I'm we sure. I don't it's got to be. Yeah, I don't think he, he made like a normal. He just toned down all the Cuckoo <laughs> yeah. one day. He's like, listen, I'm just going to make a straightforward movie. You'll yeah, love it. He's about kids making a snowman. <laughs> No, it's probably insane. And this is Olivia Coleman. This is the one where she plays Queen Anne. Yeah. Oh, that's the favorite. Yeah. Oh, never mind. All right. I'm glad we could go on this journey together. Best <laughs> screenplay. Alfonso Cuaron for Roma. Deborah Davis, Tony McNamara for The Favorite. Barry Jenkins for If Beale Street Could Talk. Adam McKay for Vice. And Nick Valanoga, Brian Curie, and Peter Farrelly for Green Book. Those are the movies in the movie category. One of the Farrelly's wrote the Green Book? Oh, yeah, is and directed it, too. Is he one of the Farrelly brothers? Yeah, I wasn't he is. sure. <gasps> what? He is. Weird. And directed it, too. I realize as I hear you read that, that I've got to see a lot of movies. A lot of movies. Same with me. Yeah. All I have seen is Vice, Beautiful Boy, Black Klansman. 
Hey guys, I, did I give you? Oh, I gave you beautiful boy. Yeah, you did. Right. I mean, whatever. I, I didn't give it to you. I gave you a ticket. I gave you money you, to buy a ticket. You were like, Allie, can you not afford to go see yeah. this at the Grove? And I was like, No, Jensen. Right. And you gave me a fiver. Yep. You were in no way sharing a screener. No, 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 because no. no. that would be wrong. I would um, never do that. I I know that the that so many of these great movies come out in December because they're trying to get awards. Right. But that does a real disservice to the rest of the year and to moviegoers throughout the year. Yep. They should spread them all out a they little should. bit. They, they should. should. They should spread them all out and they should trust in the people who make the nominations to go, I can remember a movie that came out in August. Yeah, here's the thing, though. You can't trust those people. <laughs> and I think they have <laughs> learned that. That's the thing. I'll say this, though. Christmas Day. Vice. I know I've talked about it a lot. and Too much. Okay. Yeah, All this right. is the Peaky Blinders I don't blinders want it to be movies. my Peaky Blinders yeah. because I think everyone needs to see this movie. I mean, Let's, I'm this uh, close to turning on it. <gasps> yep, I'm very close as well. I'll never say it again. Some birthdays for you. The guitarist for R.E.M., Peter Buck, and Judd Apatow. And that's what's happening. Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. K-R-O-Q. All right, I promise you guys some huge news. Yeah? I hope I didn't, I hope I didn't oversell. Well... Do you remember a couple of weeks ago when I brought to you the very sad news about Witch Rot breaking up? Oh, no. It's back in the news? Witch Rot, ladies and gentlemen, is back in the news. No. For folks who weren't with us then, here was the post on Facebook from Witch Rot. Due to the unfortunate reality of our guitarist effing my girlfriend of almost seven years, Witch Rot who we are now listening to on the Kevin DeBeach Show, will be taking an extended hiatus. I, however, will continue the band in another space and time, being ripe with hate. The music is slowly flowing and without a doubt will become the most devastating, torturous music I have ever created. Thanks for the support. Stay heavy. Peter, also our drummer, died. Okay, so that... (laughs) So good. (laughs) So that was, uh, as you can imagine, that went viral as the most insane band breakup note of all time. What was our prediction at the time, by the way? Did we think they'd come back, or did we think that uh, Witch Rot was dead and buried? We thought they were dead and buried. At least the drummer, yeah. (laughs) It certainly sounded like that. Oh, hold on. Let's enjoy a little Witch Rot. Please, please, please. I think we're getting to the singing part here, and you may see part of the problem with the band. Okay, they're not... They're not for everyone. No. Okay? Well, neither is their production. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they are a, uh, a Toronto-based doom metal outfit. All right. So now the band is back in the news. Yeah. In a case of good news, good news, it <gasps> turns out that their drummer didn't actually die. Oh. What a turn. And the band has decided to unbreak up. Yes. yes. Witch Rod. Oh, thank Witch God. Rod forever, you guys. Can they get to the forum this weekend? <laughs> So Peter Turek, who uh, wrote the original Facebook post, says, um, The other Sunday, I posted on Witch Rock's Facebook page that the band was taking a break. Two people I cared about stabbed me a trillion times in the heart with Mm. betrayal. And that resentment scars like hellfire. I think we need to start over with the witch rod. Yeah. Well. <laughs> uh, so he's still, as you can see, he's still hurting very much. Right. Uh, it obviously left me feeling wretched. I always hate it when bands stop dead without any updates, and I felt, well, might as well let the people know. But after writing, I asked Simon, our drummer, who had quit a couple weeks prior. But he's if it, dead. He's not dead. If it was a good idea. And he said, yeah, but say I died no one will give an S. Wow. So the drummer Simon. said, 
Just tell him I died. You're breaking up the band. Just tell him I'm out. All right? Peter continues. I was floored by the fact that this post received so much attention considering we only had about 300 likes on the Facebook page when I wrote it. But the amount of positive feedback that people have expressed with regards to my situation along with the praise for our music, because I guess hearing, you know, what the, the drama behind mm. Witch Rot uh, sent a lot of people to their band cap sure. page. Yeah. I mean, I had never heard of them before. And now I got a Witch Rot tattoo. So <laughs> I'm a fan for life. Uh, it was touching to say the least. I thought maybe a couple of people in Europe might care or like the post, but instead it reached almost every news source on the planet. At this point, I am going to continue the band yes. full force. Yes. Okay. I talked to Lee. We talked it over, and I'm so happy that she is still on board. She has a powerful voice that makes you feel small in her presence, kind of carved out and hollow. That's one way I would describe her singing. Didn't I didn't see it being I a woman. I didn't know it was a woman at <laughs> no, all. it was a woman. Okay. Here's Lee. I mean, if you listen real close. Well, it's hard because they recorded it three cities over. (laughs) We're going to use this attention to our full potential. We have booked studio time Mm. and also have decided to recruit some friends to play Lee's Palace on December 28th here in Toronto. That's just the lead singer's house. (laughs) (laughs) It might just be. Of course, now we have big plans to tour extensively in the near future. No sense in waiting around. We have so many talented friends that can easily learn our songs in no time. I've decided to switch to guitar. That way the guitar will finally sound the way it's supposed to. Okay, so that dude's out. The guy that had the affair with his girlfriend. He is out, the guitarist. Yes, Yes. that's right. Okay, he's gone. Okay. So Peter is now moving over to guitar. I don't know if he was just a singer before or if he was playing bass, and now they're just going to hire somebody else to play bass. Do they need a bass player? Oh, Which not forever. (laughs) Stay heavy. Peter is how he ends it. So, guys, new studio time, new show, new tour. Witch Rot is back. Uh, um, They're making Canada great again. I mean, this is... This oh, is fantastic, man. right? This is I, very exciting. I'm looking for merch online right now, searching Seriously, the it's like Christmas came early, you guys, and you're welcome. The Kevin and Bean Show, the world-famous K-Rock. Jensen's here. It's time to get up on this. Get up, get on 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 up on this. I'm on a bit of a streak. For those who uh, haven't been keeping score at home, I gave you Alec Benjamin two weeks ago. People mm-hmm. love that pop album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that, great. Uh, it was a great tip. Kenna last week amazing was an album that people didn't know existed from two thousand one. A lot of reaction on social media. The Kevin means social media to Kenna, and we found out there are a ton of Kenna fans out there who just it blew their mind that their man was getting some recognition. That's right, and he deserved it for his album New Sacred Cow. So I feel like I can't blow this. I gotta get oh, you up no. on something. Okay, Uh-oh, this, this is gonna be a mistake. <laughs> I can't. I gotta stay on. I gotta stay on track. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna get you up on something you don't know about that's new, and it's a band called Cherry Glazer, spelled C H E R R Y. Second word G L A Z E R R. Oh, now that's not a stripper's name. No, no. <laughs> it's actually they're named after an NPR radio host named Cherry Glazer, uh, who spells it normally. But in 2018, you have to spell your rap name or your band name crazy because of social media, like, mm. handles. That's so funny. You so they just, just added Nar. Yeah, you can't be Steve. You have to be, like, dollar sign Teve. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? You gotta, like, put, it like, an asterisk in it or something. Anyway. Cherry Glazer's a rock band out of Los Angeles, and it's fronted by guitarist and lead vocalist Clementine Creevy. 
who started her real name. I love a Clementine. A Creevy also, uh, who started her career at 15 years old under the moniker Clembutt. Okay, I love her. I mean, (laughs) she's already a fan, right? Uh, She started putting out music uh, in her preteens, basically, on SoundCloud. And her solo tracks caught the attention of influential Burger Records co-founder Sean Borman, uh, who put these bedroom songs out as a tape a year later. So she's sort of a wonder kid in that way. And since then, Creevy has been joined by bassist Devin O'Brien and drummer Tabor Allen to form Cherry Glazer. And and kind of like uh, members have come in and out. Mm-hmm. Kind of around Creevy, you know what I mean? Kind of a Paramore situation where different people show up all the time. And she's mm-hmm. she's the but main. She's the front. Yeah, yeah she's the lead. Uh, and so you may have heard them recently on Cats Locals Only Show because she has great taste, just like I do. Uh, but their new album, <laughs> Stuffed and Ready, comes out early next year, and I'm, I'm very sorry, it's called what? Stuffed and Ready. Also, the name of my college memoirs. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. uh, mine after Thanksgiving. Yeah. See, that's just See? a sweet. That was nothing gross. It's lovely. It's just a nice thing. Uh, I'm very excited for it. As far as like rock, right? There's no one coming out that mm-hmm. has any sort of anticipation or, like we said the other day, only two rock bands are in sort of like the most stream. Like, it's hard to find new rock that's really... And we should be pushing attention towards that. So Cherry Glazer is that for me. They played Coachella last year. They have two prior albums out. So this isn't something completely new on The Verge. It's just something you should know about, uh, especially because they've went from sort of a minimalistic garage rock sound to a more polished sort of pop rock new wave thing that I'm getting you up on. Their new single's called Daddy. It was just released in November. I can't stop listening to it. Let's listen. Where should I go, Daddy? What should I say? Where should I go? Is it okay with you? How should I tell you? Is it you? Is it you? Is it you? How should I go tell you? What should I say? Where should I go? Is it okay with you? How should I tell you? What should I say? Yeah. Wow, likey daddy. I see when you said the name was Daddy, I pointed at Bean and I was like, Oh, here it comes. And you didn't disappoint. Also, can you mark when he said likey daddy? Oh, we've got enough of those. Uh, It's a great song, also uh, creepy, but very, very good. Uh, And they also released another new song this last week called Juicy Socks, uh, continuing to show their new evolution, which I think is a perfect fit for K Rock uh, in a universe where, you know, when do you hear new rock music being released? Not much. Never. All right. This song is called Juicy Socks. This is great music. Yeah, is it? Is that rock? Yes. Now in 2018, that's that is rock. pop, okay. new wave rock. Yes. Okay. I'm I'm telling you in the same way I tell you who a Hollywood hunk is. I can tell you what rock <laughs> no. is. See, yeah. that's insane. Uh, while yeah, we... that's my girlfriend. <laughs> while I'll we kill for her. All right. <laughs> while what we... can I say? Nope. Nope. <laughs> I feel like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rodney would be such a big Jerry Glazer fan. Smash hits. He loves it. <laughs> you claim daddy's about him. Smile. <laughs> All right, this took a real turn. They're great. Are they playing any shows? Well, they're going to be doing a lot coming up with the new album. And while we wait for it, you can download their 2017 album, Apocalyptic, which is also very, very great. <laughs> Here's awesome. a song from that. Uh, it's called Told You I'd Be With The Guys. I 
Laser. That's real good. It's all very Perfect good. Girl. Oh no. Oh, Rodney, are yes, you? Yes, oh. do the clam. Oh, all right. <laughs> Rodney. That's where the action is. <laughs> You're a big fan of Terry Glazer, Rodney? Hot tramps. <laughs> Take a real turn. Get up on Cherry Glazer and get up on Clementine Creepy. Get up, get on up. Kevin and Bean on K-Rock, K-R-O-Q. All right, Thursday morning, Allie is here. Time for another look at what's happening. Well, we were talking about uh, the Golden Globes. They came out at 5 a.m., all the nominations. And uh, we only got through the movies because there's a lot. This is all about TV and movies. And we did find out the 76 Golden Globes are going to air on January 6th with hosts Andy Samberg and Sandra Oh. It's going to be on NBC because it's always on NBC for the last 23 years, and they have just signed something that says that they will be on NBC another eight years, so it'll it'll be there for you guys. But if you're wondering what television network got the most nominations, FX! Yeah, I didn't see <gasps> that coming. Wow, your favorite network. It is my favorite network. I do have some questions, though. I have some questions... Um, I'm gonna write. Uh, I'm gonna write some nominations in you guys, and okay. you guys feel free as well. So, best TV series drama: The Americans, Bodyguard, Homecoming, Killing Eve, and Pose. You All have something. Great. You have something you'd like to add? No, not there. Okay. No. You guys? No, I thought I'm fine. Okay. Oh, wait, wait. Oh yeah, Barry will go in comedy. And- yes. Yeah. Best performance by an actress in a drama: Kitriona Belf. For Outland- Outlander. You made that mm. up. That's fake. Elizabeth Moss, Handmaid's Tale, Sandra O, oh, Killing Eve, Julia Roberts, Homecoming, and Carrie Russell, The Americans. That's a pretty strong category, too. <sighs> My yeah. God, yes. Actor in a drama, Jason Bateman, Ozark, Stephen James, Homecoming, Richard Madden, Bodyguard, Billy Porter, Pose, Matthew Reese, The Americans. What? What's Pose again? Pose is uh, Ryan Murphy. It's yes. like uh Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Musical or comedy, best TV series. Barry. Yay! The Good Place. Yay! Kidding. Yay! Yay! The Kaminsky Method. Uh, I don't know. I'm in between. And The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Great. Where's Atlanta? Yeah, that is an odd one. Uh, Where's Atlanta? Yeah. Is, uh, look, Atlanta... (sighs) It was the best season of Atlanta, the Robin season. It was... I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just wondering if Atlanta resonates more with us Americans than it does with the foreign press. Well, maybe. I'm just wondering. Yeah. The Kaminsky Method? I, I don't even know what that is. That's Chuck Lorre's show on Netflix. It's his drama. Everyone Michael, is Michael in their Douglas. car right now so mad. How do you not know? It's amazing. <laughs> no, I don't think people are saying that. Okay. No, there's not a lot of buzz on it at all. But this is the guy, for folks who don't know, who has created, I don't know, 10 enormous television shows, including uh, Big two, and Bang. Half, two and a Half Man, Big yeah. Bang Theory. I mean, it, is it possible that he has a tremendous amount of goodwill mm-hmm. with the fewer than 100 voters of the of the Golden Globes, the Hollywood Ford and Press, because he's had such a long and successful television career, maybe? Hmm. In Maybe his defense, rooting for Chuck Lorre. In his defense, the reviews have been okay of the show. Yeah, people yeah, yeah, yeah. T- tend to like it. I just, I, I don't think it's for me. Yeah, well. so it's Michael Douglas and like uh, Alan Arkin. I yeah, think, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, well, I'm, 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 I'm going to write in Atlanta there. 
Yeah, that does. I mean, look, you got to dump something if you write something in. It sounds like you're willing to let Kaminsky go without I'm, even I'm willing. seeing it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a gift. <laughs> Actress in a musical or a comedy, Kristen Bell for The Good Place. Good for her. Candace Pergen for Murphy Brown. Already canceled. canceled. Already canceled. Like a wasted slot. And by the way, we already <sighs> knew Candace Bergen was an excellent actress. We and don't need a Golden Globe in 2018 to tell us that. Allison Brie for Glow. Rachel Brosnahan for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And nice. Deborah Messing for Will and Grace. Okay. Actor in a musical or a comedy. What? Sasha Baron Cohen. Hey. Who is America? Do you, okay. do you know Ahoy. anything about that show? I worked on that show. Oh. I was a consulting producer, and Sasha Baron Cohen did some of his best work, in my opinion. There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim Carrey for Kidding. Michael Douglas for The Kaminsky Method. <laughs> Donald Glover for Atlanta. There you go. And Bill Hader for Barry. That's a great category. That is. That is. That's a great that's category. Stacked. That yeah. is absolutely stacked. Yeah. Um, best TV limited series, The Alienist, The Assassination of Gianni Versace, Escape at Danamora, Sharp Objects, and A Very English Scandal. I am going to write something in here as well. Hmm. I'm going to write in Patrick Melrose. Yeah, I didn't see it. Okay. But I've heard it's good. It's, it's uh, That stars a brilliant. Hollywood hunk, Benedict Cumberbatch? He, he's a thumb. But no, yes, he does, his, he does his best work ever in this. Yeah. I'm um, probably the only one on our show and maybe in our listing audience who saw a very English scandal, by the way. Was that Hugh uh, Grant? Hugh Grant. Yeah. Sure was. By the way, there's history. so many TV shows I could just it's, call that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? A very English scandal. Yeah, that's yes. what it's about. So actress in a limited series uh, made for television, Amy Adams, Sharp Objects, Patricia Arquette, Escape at Danamora, Connie Britton, Dirty John, Laura Dern, The Tale, Regina King, Seven Seconds, actor in the same category, Antonio Banderas. For Genius, Picasso, Daniel Bruhl for The Alienist, Darren Criss, The Assassination of Gianni Versace, Benedict Cumberbatch for Patrick Melrose, and Hugh Grant for A Very English Scandal. Supporting actress, Alex Bornstein, um, Borstein, I just added an N. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Patricia Clarkson, Sharp Objects, Penelope Cruz, The Assassination of Gianni Versace, Thandie Newton for Westworld, Yvonne Stravosky for The Handmaid's Tale. Mm-hmm. She's phenomenal. She is so good in it. Yeah, she's uh, she's uh, Josephine's wife. Ah. Yeah. Actor in supporting role, Alan Arkin, Kaminsky Method, Kieran Culkin, Secession. She's so good in that. It's hard to say success. Secession. Secession. Adam McKay's uh, involved in that. I mean, your boy. I just love the name Kieran Culkin. He's I very love good everything in it. about it. Edgar Ramirez, The Assassination of Gianni Versace. Ben Wishaw, A Very English Scandal. And Henry Winkler, Barry. Oh, best. I'd Yay. like to write in uh, Ricky Martin for uh, Giovanni Versace. Okay. He's very good in it. Well, there you go. We have our write ins. It has been done. There are a lot of very talented performers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Turns out. There's a lot of good acting going on. Turns out. Too much TV. Too I, much TV. I'm telling you, there's too much going on, but it's peak television. I think it's more impressive than the movies this year. Hot take. I think I think you might be right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Some uh, birthdays. Peter Buck, R.E.M. Chad Apatow. That's what's happening. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. All right, Allie, what's this uh, hot take that is, uh, that is destroying America? Listen, this is a uh, writer for Yahoo Entertainment. Her name is Gwen Watkins, and, I mean, I'll just let her tell you. No, no, I'm an official writer in her combination. Do you want to get ready my leg rifle? You'll shoot your eye out, kid. When A Christmas Story opened in theaters on November 18th, 1983, it was not one of the year's biggest films. Years later, that little movie looms large. 
You can buy leg lamps at any price point, tour Ralphie's actual house, watch the Broadway musical adaptation, and of course, spend 24 hours in front of the TV watching the annual Christmas Story Marathon. If you're a proud leg lamp owning marathon watcher, I'm happy this movie makes you happy. But I'm here to tell you why A Christmas Story, despite its title, is a terrible Christmas movie. Oh. Oh. I, imagine being stuck next to this woman on an airplane. Oh, <laughs> she's going to tell you why everything you love is hateable. Here are my reasons. Now, I'm going to I may have to uh, uh recuse myself on this conversation mm-hmm. because I am uh late to the Christmas story game. In fact, I don't think I saw it ever for the first time until a couple of years ago. Really? And it was just cuz I felt like it was it was time. You know, I I, I sh- shouldn't go through my life without seeing that movie and I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Okay, but you still you've seen it. I've seen yeah. it now, and I enjoy it. I don't need it, but I would. I have nothing against it. I thought it was a very well done, clever movie. Now, what what can her possible complaint be about? Well, she has five uh, very specific reasons, and we're going to go through them. The first is she says a Christmas story is all about consumerism. Oh, most yeah, most Christmas classic, is about Jesus. Exactly. Yeah. She says most classic <laughs> Christmas movies embrace the idea that Christmas means goodwill to all. Well, that's all well and good, but the premise of the movie is the kid wants his Red Ryder BB gun. Also, Gwen, you moron. The end of the movie, the dogs take all... I mean, it's not even a spoiler. The dogs ruin their Christmas dinner, and so the family goes out and eats at a restaurant, and Mm -hmm. it's this beautiful moment where a family who's had pretty bad luck throughout the whole movie gets together and still has the tradition of being with loved ones. Like, there is a message in this, you stupid moron, you troll, you Twitter egg. Ugh. Well, okay. Jensen is having none of it. This yeah. movie's a, a national treasure. I, I, I it's an totally American agree. classic. Totally agree. So, uh, Christmas being all about consumerism, uh, newsflash, it, it yeah. is, Gwen. Yeah. It absolutely I mean, is. What about the great uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, in the search for the Turbo Man toy? I mean, yeah. that was about Jing- consumerism. Jingle all the way. Jingle all and the way, I like right? to call that a Sinbad movie, but yeah. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> all right, here's here's where she just loses me completely. Not like I was on board at all, but A Christmas Story is not especially about Christmas. Yes, it's set during the Christmas season, but mostly, then she goes on to say there's basically no plot, and she says... What it's all about? Well, a major theme is children in pain. Idiot. What? Are you because a kid licked a flagpole and got stuck there? It, that happened all the time because yeah. kids would dare each other and double dog ear dare you, and your your tongue gets stuck to a flagpole. Yeah. By the way, was, that happened in the last three days in America. I don't know if you saw that. It, yeah. it, it just always, happened. It always happens. Yes. It was a TV movie, by the way, originally. It was aired on TV to start, and one of the reasons it doesn't have a plot, it does have a plot, it's just in chapters because it's a book. Right. It's a book. Read a book, Gwen. Okay. <laughs> by the way, aren't there, uh, there are a lot of people who poo-poo Christmas movies that aren't really Christmas movies. Yeah, like Die Hard. Like Die Hard is a perfect example. It's a Wonderful Life is not a Christmas movie either, by yeah. the way. It just happens to have a this climactic last scene set at Christmas. This is the ultimate Christmas movie. It is set during Christmas, and it's all about what he wants for Christmas. Yeah. yeah. You see a Santa it's, in it. There's a, he goes to see Santa. Yeah, at Macy's. What? Right? What, what yeah. is the? I always wanted to go to a Santa that had that slide. Yeah, so it was cool. You got down. to see it as an LA yeah. kid. I got to see it in Christmas story. I was like, man, that is awesome. Absolutely. All right. So so far, you want Gwen in a grave. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, here's where she says a Christmas story has no Christmas spirit. The holiday spirit is about lowering defenses, being kind, feeling joy, and allowing yourself to believe, even for one night, that the world is good. A Christmas story is about children in pain, making fun of people who are different, and learning that life is 
a series of crushing disappointments. Well, life is a series of crushing disappointments, Gwen. It doesn't matter if it's set during the summer or during um, Easter yeah. or during Christmas. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's not a movie about children in pain. No. What, what, what movie did she watch? I mean, she seems to be referencing a Christmas story. I think that's that was her takeaway from this film. The kid got his tongue stuck to a flagpole. This, this woman would say Forrest Gump is about running. Or chocolate. <laughs> or yeah. chocolate. Right? Yeah, it's so stupid. All right. I, I just can't. Um, the movie wants us to laugh at the misery of its characters. Yes. That's the point. That's why I like it. Because you're laughing at the kid that got his tongue stuck to the flagpole yeah. because it's funny. And you know what I learned from the movie? Not to stick my tongue to a flagpole. Sure. Yeah. You also laugh at his little brother that gets dressed up like anyone that lived in cold weather by your mother in 400 layers and yeah. he can't put my arms down. It's great. That's something you laugh at yeah. because you can relate to it. By the way, the kids don't die. It's not Schindler's no. List. Yeah. No. So she would hate Schindler's she would hate Home Alone because the kid got left behind when the parents went on vacation. Right? Yeah, exactly. that, that would and ruin because, the whole yeah, movie yeah, for her. And adults got injured. Exactly. Right. All right. So we're saying that is we're saying that is not a hot take. Right? Uh, let me just tell you the worst one. Okay. A Christmas story is nostalgic for all the wrong things. He wants Ralphie is looking back on the story where his mom didn't get everything she wanted because it's the 1940s and no woman did. And the dad is angry all the time. And all he could do was beat up a guy and get a gun. Yeah, what what is wrong with you, woman? We can't go back in time and change women's societal roles in the 1940s. Everybody had an angry dad in the 40s. Hate to break it to you, Gwen. Maybe we, you didn't. We had angry dads this year. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> All I'm saying is, Gwen, stop crapping on things people like. Yeah. It's very easy just to let people live. Except for you. We want you in a box. All right. Step off the Kevin and Bean Show. The world famous K-Rock. Let's do some acoustic fan songs. Acoustic fan songs. Acoustic fan songs. Acoustic fan songs is on. Christmas show. Acoustic fan songs. Acoustic fan songs. Acoustic fan songs is on. Christmas show. Acoustic fan songs. Okay. Acoustic uh, fan we, songs. We got it. Acoustic and fan songs thank is you. on. Thank you very Christmas much. Show. Oh. Right. K-Rock's Absolute Almost Acoustic Christmas 2018 is this weekend at the Forum. We're inviting you to call now at 1-800-520-1067. We're looking for fan songs. Can be originals, can be parodies, can be raps, whatever you like. Now, guys, uh, did we decide uh, we're doing the knockout round, right? Yes. Yes. So if you're the best person on the phone, then you stay on the phone. Yeah, it's just one by one. You, you kind of take on the next opponent. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Let's. Uh, why don't we start with uh, Stephen, please? Line two, Ladera Ranch, to get us going. Stephen, you are up first. What are you going to be doing for us here this morning, sir? I'm going to do my own lyrics uh, today by the Smashing Pumpkins. But I'm that... warning you, it might be a little scary for you guys. Oh, okay. Oh. All right. We appreciate the warning. We'll lower the headphones. Let's hear it. Saturday is the greatest day i've ever known can't live for the sunday sunday is much too long i will scream my lungs out before i get out i wanted more i wanted pit pit Okay. Section All right. One, okay. Okay. Well, okay. okay. Thank, yep, thank yep, you, yep, yep, Stephen. Yep. The good the good news is currently you are the winner. Yeah. Currently, <laughs> still in. So if the yeah. phones blow up and nobody else can get through, you will win the tickets. But there's a risk that the next person can take your crown. Thank you very much for the call. Let's go to John Inglewood, line three up next. Hey, John. 
Hey. The uh, the bar is pretty low. What uh, oh. What do you got? <laughs> I'm going to raise it. Uh, I got a Bastille song because uh, they were the one band I thought I wasn't going to enjoy a couple years ago to Christmas, and they blew me away. Are you oh, good. Your, are you in your bathroom right now? I am, actually. Yes. I thought okay, so. Good. Okay. Good. Good. Are, you, are you pooping, or are you just in there for the acoustics? I was going to shower, and then all of a sudden I got through the line, so now I'm not showering. You naked? Okay. Oh, you're naked right now? <laughs> Almost. Okay. Wow, okay. All right. All right. Well, we're, we're, yeah. we're going to give you some extra points yeah, for that. We'll take that into consideration. <laughs> All right. Let's hear. Yeah. Uh, let's hear your Bastille, John. Okay. <clears throat> I was blown away by Bastille's performance. Acoustic Christmas has all the bands with everything to show, and the form kept tumbling down in the city that we love. K Rock rolls over LA, bringing greatness from above. All right, thank you. I mean, he was just getting into it. Um, I'm going to say I appreciate the effort that mm-hmm. John put in. I'm willing to let Stephen go and say John's our new frontrunner. John okay. has the crown. Okay, All right. very well lead. done, sir. Which means you still can't get in the shower, poor dude. All right, let's try Shanice. She is in also in Inglewood. Hey, Shanice, thank you for calling. Thank you for holding. Welcome to the Kevin Meacher. How are you doing today? I'm good. Great. What are you going to be performing gonna, for us? Uh, I'm going to do a parody of AFI's uh, Miss Murder. We look forward to hearing it. John is the one to beat. Let's hear Shanice. Okay. Um, hey, Kevin and me. Please let me win these tickets because today is my birthday, please. I tried all week to win, but I just could not get through. I even tried working. She was really pleading there with the birthday thing. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying I'm sticking with John. I think I would oh. John as well. Janice, we, we, Janice, Shanice, Shanice, we appreciate you trying. Yeah. Uh, I felt a lack of commitment, though. I got to be oh, honest. I love I, your smile, though. Oh, no one we, got that except Theo from the beat. Seriously. <laughs> what person who got that joke? What are you, what are you doing? All right, let's. Hey, let's go to Hugo. He's in Riverside Line Seven. Hugo, as I understand, has created his own rap. This yeah, guys, we um, need to clean. Call- yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, Hugo. Yeah, sorry, my friends call me H Dog. Um, you guys ready? H oh, Dog, wow. we're ready. Okay. Sure. All right. Uh, uh. Yo, trying to go to almost acoustic. Yeah, that'll be just too sick. Excited to see thirty seconds to Mars. Uh, any single ladies at the bars? Yeah, I'm a stoner. That Florence chick, I'd bone her. Because you got beer mug as a nag. No, that lineup is her last It's dog. Out. <laughs> Jensen, you're our rap correspondent. What's your uh, what's your ranking of uh, H-Dog here? Uh, not high. No? But are, are you actually, still Team John or you think he takes the lead now? I'm going to go Team Hugo. Oh, Hugo. Yeah. So Allie, you agree? So it's not a no for you, H-Dog. No, no, not pitchy, dog. All right. Uh, all right. I'm sorry, okay. John. You just got bested by H-Dog. He is currently in the lead. H-Dog. <laughs> we got time for a couple more. Let's try Cassie. She's on line five. She's joining us from Los Angeles today. Boy, uh, a lot of competition all of a sudden yeah, here, Cassie. Yeah, yeah. Mm. We're heating up here. What are you going to do for us? Okay, well, Brother Van Fleet is my favorite band on earth. I got to team with the sound space. So I want to do a little highway tune parody. Oh, there are one of the most anticipated shows of night one. I can't wait to see Greta Van Fleet. Let's hear you do it. Me too. Okay. Oh, okay, Rock. To go to Christmas 
Christmas, I never miss just one. But for these four sides, I will be a fan song. They'll be my special. They'll be my four seats. I love you, K-Rock, all my life. They're so sweet. She came with They're great. So okay, thank you very much. She came with phenomenal enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. But I think that's all I got out of that was just she was she was trying hard, but I don't think the material was there. What do you guys You're think? You're still H Dog. Yeah. I okay. think I'm still Team H Dog. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right, let's try Alfredo Lawndale. He's on line six. He's up next. We're getting very near the end, very near to crowning a winner for both nights on the floor for K Rock's absolute almost acoustic Christmas. Yes, sir, you're on the air. Hey, what to do, Kevin and Bean? I'm going to do a parody of Smashing Pumpkins, and this is about me trying to be uh, Color 20. Okay, I like it. Good luck, All right. So, Even though I call for the Almost Acoustic Christmas show, all I get is a busy tone. Despite all my calls, I can't get through on the phone. Despite all my calls, I can't get through to K-Rock. Will someone at K-Rock please get me some tickets? Despite all my calls, I can't get through on the phone. Okay. All right. You are speaking for a lot of people who have uh, heard the frustration of that uh, dial tone. Guys, uh, it's a make it or break it time here. Uh, H-Dog is our current champion, unless Alfredo overtakes him. What say you? I gotta go H dog. I'm H dog all the way. Yeah. As long as we have metal detectors at the venue, because I'm nervous. He's a gang member. But Alfredo, I... I'm so sorry. A very valiant effort. Let's go back to Hugo in Riverside. Hugo, hey, what up, party people? <laughs> you are the winner, my friend. How do you feel? Yeah. Uh, dude, I feel great. Uh, I want to thank the people in the studio. I wouldn't be here without you guys. And, uh, oh my yeah. God, I love. You. We made the right choice. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Jesus, let's give it up for Jesus. Hey, we'll see you this weekend. Thanks for playing uh, fan songs. Acoustic fan songs is on Christmas show. Uh. It's Kevin and Bean on K Rock. K Rock. K Rock. Q. Allie's here now with what's happening. Well, MTV Studios have announced that they're working on a reboot of Celebrity Deathmatch. Oh, what? what we've all been waiting for. Everyone's been waiting for that. If you don't remember it, it was um, an animated series that pitted two celebrities against each other. Or, yeah, against each other. And um, one would usually die in a really gruesome death. Sometimes both, you guys, would die in a very gruesome death. The new version will star Ice Cube, who will also executive produce. Mm-hmm. Who? Who? What? Ice Cube's like a TV producer. No, but who who was asking for celebrity death? No, match? no one. If anything, I'm asking for true life, where someone has to argue about having like calf implants. Do you remember that guy? <laughs> yes. That guy, and then the other guy who like was getting married and he got mad at the limo people. He's oh, like, in the middle I will of the kill you. I will kill. Yes. I'll find your parents. He like so angry in like a white tux. Yeah. Yeah. So good. All those oh. people, by the way, those people are celebrities to me. Like, I'd meet Obama and be like, nice to meet you. But if I met the guy who got calf implants on True Life, I'd be like, can we live together? And all of the shots of him, like, looking at himself yeah. in the mirror from behind the that. Best. Oh, that was a great show. True Life. That's the one I want back. I think You're they right. still do it every once in a while, but it's not the same. Yeah. yeah. That was a good show. Great show. You guys, Twitter released its annual report about the most tweeted events, people, and entertainment of the year. Oh, what that's do you interesting. Think, uh, what do you think was the most talked about movie of the year? Black Panther. You are correct, sir. 
But then uh, Disney dominated after that, coming in second, third, and fourth. Avengers Infinity War, Incredibles 2, mm-hmm. and Star Wars The Last Jedi. That makes sense. Not bad. Do they also reveal sporting events, news events, those sorts of things that people were most active on social media about? Well, in this, it's only uh, the most talked about TV show, which what do you think that was most tweeted about? That's a good question. Most tweeted about television show of 2018. Boy, that's a great question. The Jamie Kennedy New Year special? Yes. (laughs) From like three years ago? I'm still (laughs) tweeting about it. (laughs) Um, is it something we should totally guess? It's no, su- I was shocked. super obvious. I was shocked. Oh, you were shocked. Yeah. Is it Wild and Out? No. <laughs> <laughs> it was SNL. Oh. oh. So I guess when you think about you know all the the Trump stuff yeah. that they did that type of thing, that would be why it was first. Um, followed by Roseanne, Grey's Anatomy, and The Walking Dead. Okay. Grey's yeah. Anatomy is a shocking one. I didn't yeah. I, the people who watched that. I didn't even know they were uh, you know young enough to have social media. How dare you? Because that show's been on for almost twenty years How now. Yeah. Dare you? Yeah. SNL totally makes sense. Plus, they have a they have a new host and a new musical guest every, every week. week. Right. And yeah. There's new viral sketches that come out of it every week. Yeah. That totally makes sense. All right. What about for music? Uh, I'm going to say Lady Gaga. Maybe I'm wrong because I'm just thinking of all the you know what a huge year she had with the Star Is Born. I'm going to say Beyonce. BTS. Right. K-pop, oh, group. right, right, yeah, right, right. We're then racist. Kanye West, Grande, and Beyonce. What? Well, I'm saying we didn't think of them because we're oh, racist. We're, oh, I thought you said they're racist. I'm no, like, no, not no. BTS. <laughs> no, no, that no. is I'm good leaving rumor, the though. Out. Good rumor. That is BS. Jensen, I'm going to ask uh, you this question because I don't remember if you were on the show the last time I brought it up. Mm-hmm. I am uh, completely ignorant about uh, K-pop. Yeah, completely. And I know that it's enormously popular. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners are really into some of these groups. Mm-hmm. Why do all of the bands have so many members? Yeah, Why are there like eleven guys in BTS? Yeah, I never understood. They're like the Wu Tang Clan. I've never yes. understood that. I don't. I don't know why you can't just have four dudes. Like it's ninety eight degrees, right? Yeah, because we think about our Backstreet Boys and our NSYNCs and our new kids and bands like that. And usually it's yeah, five five guys. It's about as much Spice Girls. That's about as high, high as you go. I don't understand why some of them look like you know like group reunion, you know, family reunions or something. There's so many people in the picture. Mm-hmm. You don't know Keep either. Going. <laughs> Getting into some real. I just, I don't understand why any band, unless you're like, you have a tremendous, you have a horn section and you have percussionists. Yeah. But when I see these videos of like BTS, none of them are playing instruments. Yeah. If there's 11 people in your band, you better be doing ska. Yeah. You know, like, this should be like, you should exactly. be real big fish. You are uh, real upset about this beef. Yeah. I am. I love because that. I don't understand it because I haven't taken the time to figure out what everybody does. It just looks like too many people. Like, why would you decrease your payroll that much by having so many superfluous dudes? And if you have 12 of them, eight of them, I guarantee you are Joey Fatones. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. like, yes. you, could, you could only have one or two Timberlakes. <laughs> True. Yeah, you could lose them and keep the sound and make more money for everybody. I don't yeah. like it. Which brings me to Justin Timberlake. All right. Thank you so much, You're Jensen. Welcome. He's postponed another show on his Man of the Woods tour. Oh, uh, give it up, Justin. This is uh, at tonight's show at Oracle Arena. Here's the thing that's interesting. Live Nation immediately announced a rescheduled date. You know they're just sitting there with, like, which one is he canceling? All right, plug it in here. So that one will be March 15th, same venue. Um, so, so far we've got Buffalo, Tacoma, L.A., a few shows. Phoenix, Vegas, Fresno, Portland, Oakland. So finally, Justin just said... 
came out on his social media. Yeah, you know what? I'm just going to postpone all dates in, in December. Really? You should have done this back in October, and you have bruised vocal cords. Yeah. You don't just, in you know, a couple days go, well, let's try this again, see if they're unbruised. You mm-hmm. need some time. Yeah. I'm very concerned that he will never be able to sing the way, let's be honest, I'm not, but but I'm I'm. I'm bothered. For him. Yeah, I'm yeah. bothered that this might really affect him if he keeps pushing it. So stop it, Justin. We need we need you safe. <laughs> join a band with 15 other Asian dudes. If there you, you go. And then blend you could uh, join a K-pop band, yeah. that would be best for everyone. But I'm glad he's finally saying, all right, let's just skip December. That's good. You think he talks to Chris Kirkpatrick still? I bet. Yeah, yeah I bet like whenever he sees an elastic, he thinks about him and just texts him. <laughs> yeah. How you doing? Do you think that each member of NSYNC still has Justin Timberlake's current cell phone number? I, I guarantee you there have been times they've texted and it goes green. Like, I guarantee yeah. they don't have updated and then they'll email him and he'll be like, oh, I changed my number. But he doesn't alert his NSYNC friends. Yeah, of course not. Yeah. Like, I feel like Beyonce would give her number to to Michelle and Kelly. Well, to Kelly. Oh, not Michelle. Yeah, no. Are they on the outs again? No, I'm just saying. She was like, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. expendable. Yeah. I could be in Destiny's Child. No one would know. All right. Michelle has a flip phone. <laughs> <laughs> Some birthdays for you. Guitars from R.E.M., Peter Buck, and Judd Apatow. And that's hap- what's happening. What? Huh? It's the Kevin and Bean Show. Thursday, about this time every week, it's one of our favorite guests. It's R.J. Bell. Hit it, Steve. Because he's R.J. Bell. R.J. Bell. Yes, he's R.J. Bell. R.J. Bell. R.J. is the founder of Pregame.com, the exclusive odds provider for the Associated Press. And he knows about stuff when it comes to sports, when it comes to gambling. And he has had a winning record on this show. This is what, the fourth or fifth season in a row, R.J.? Fifth season, baby. Fifth season. Last week, a little bit of a bump. You did go one and two. I know the NFL still has the capacity to surprise you. Oh, that Steelers game, man. Ooh, we had Pittsburgh. That was a tough one Sunday night. That was a great one for Chargers fans, though. Boy, you couldn't have more opportunities to kick that winning field goal, could you? <laughs> well, but, but here's the thing you need to know. If you're betting, you can't care about your local team. It's all about the pocketbook. That does make sense. All right, let's take a look at this week's games. The uh, big dog is the Oakland Raiders plus 10 and a half hosting those Pittsburgh Steelers you just referred to. I feel like, and I could be wrong, I have no stats to back this up. I feel like we have had more double-digit games in terms of the spread this season than I can ever remember before, RJ. You know, actually, I think, I don't know about the most, but it's certainly more than usual. And what's been happening oftentimes is these big favorites have been winning the game and covering the spread. And here's the rationale. They're so good passing the ball. The Rams, for example, are a great example. The Saints, that they end up running up the score oftentimes. Pittsburgh, though, especially with their running back. So, obviously, Le'Veon Bell was supposed to be their back. He never even came into the team. Contract dispute. Then they had James Conner, who did pretty well. He's out. Now they're down to a third-string back. So, I think the Steelers, in general, on the road, struggle. They struggle even more as a big favorite on the road. And you got a Raiders team that's not good, but they are playing hard for John Gruden. So our first pick, the big dog, Raiders, plus 10 and a half. 
I was wondering also, just to go back to my prior point, is there less parity than there used to be in the NFL? Because now we do have a superstar stratum of teams right now, like the Rams, like the Chargers, like the Patriots, like the Saints. And then we have some middle of the road, you know, middle of the pack teams, I should say. And then a ton of horrible teams at the bottom. It feels like, you know, not everybody's on a level playing field anymore. You know what I think it is? I think back even a couple years ago, the spectrum of teams were how good you were to how bad you were. Okay, that makes sense. Now, though, there's a handful of teams that are playing a more modern game. And to me, when you play that modern game, and again, the Rams are an example of it, with all the passing and the complex offenses, if you're good at that, you're just in a different level. Think about it. The Rams have lost a handful of games this year, and they've usually scored 30-plus even in the games they lose. Yeah. So when the Rams have a bad game, they still put up a bunch of points. That did not used to be like that, and it's still not like that with a lot of NFL teams. Fair point. All right, your best bet for the weekend is the Indianapolis Colts, plus five at the Houston Texans? Yeah, I love this game. One of my favorite games of the year. No no locks, no locks, but one of my favorites. Texans have been lucky. And what do I mean by that? Is they've had about five coin flip games that could have went either way, and they're 5-0. and oh. Sometimes you flip five straight heads, but it makes their record, the Texans, inflated. Here's a great trend. Teams on a nine-plus game winning streak, and Houston is on a nine-game winning streak. The next game against the spread, 36%. Why? Because they get expensive. Everybody says, oh, look how many games they've won. They bet them. They get expensive. We like to go the other way. On the other hand, the Colts, they had been playing really well. They were shut out last week. Andrew Luck, when teams are shut out the week before the next game, 58%. 58%. Why? Because they get cheap. So we've got an expensive team. we got a cheap team. I'll go with the cheap team. Colts, best bet, plus five. Are you enough of a football fan that you can enjoy a 6-0 game, or is that too much defense it, for you to enjoy it? It matters which side I bet. I was okay. going to say, there's no way There's no way R.J. Bell watches games for the pure enjoyment of football. <laughs> That's true. Hey, he's lost that years ago. Yeah. All right, and the big game of the weekend is the Baltimore Ravens. They're in Kansas City playing those Chiefs. What do you think? Remember, guys, when you lose innocence, we all lose, right? So you should feel a little empathy for me and my lost innocence. We're going with the Ravens here plus seven. Now, here's the conversation with the Ravens. Lamar Jackson won the Heisman in college, but he's not a prototypical passer. He runs the ball super effectively. And now that he's been a starter, the Ravens have won three straight games. But everybody's saying, is this sustainable? Can he keep running and not get injured? You know something? I don't really care because he only needs to not get injured this game. So I think this <laughs> ability to I, – I care on a human level, right? Yeah, but yeah, for that's this pick, Bell. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. So I think he's going to be healthy this game. And, oh, by the way, Kansas City won the Kareem Hunt distraction, obviously, uh-huh. on the field and off the field. <laughs> right, and well, it's a distraction for the other players. What are you, yeah. the, what are you the commissioner? Sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, what I mean is, is for the team, if we're looking at them to play well this week, they've got other things on their mind, right? And on the other hand, we've got the worst run defense, Kansas City in the NFL. Well, we know what the Ravens want to do. They want to run Ravens plus a touchdown. 
All right, so recapping this week's picks from RJ Bell, pregame.com. The big dog, Raiders, plus 10.5, hosting Pittsburgh. Best bet is Indy, plus 5 at Houston. Big game, Ravens, plus 7 at Kansas City. Hey, before we let you go, RJ, since we have about a minute left, uh, Kevin is out sick today, but we were having a conversation off the air of something we wanted to ask you, and I hate to put you on the spot. What's this talk about being able to bet on the next basketball throw during a game? That's something that's gearing up where we're actually going to be able to bet on whether this dude hits a free throw next. Absolutely. So it's called in-game betting. And the reason, if you look at Europe, for example, which is about 10 years ahead of us when it comes to sports betting, over 70% of the bets are made in-game. And think about how if you just had a television set, let's say your Roku, and up in the corner it had your name, it had your balance, and it said, will LeBron make the next two free throws, and it's even money, you press A, and you've just bet 20 bucks on the yes. That is, no doubt, this is the best bet of the year. That's where we are heading. Oh, there's no, there's definitely nothing, nothing problematic about that at all. No downside. No, no, I would not have been able to go to college if that was around in the 80s. That's like you said, oh, the pizza's too good, so we're all going to get fat, right? Oh, Personal responsibility. <laughs> is this, oh, is this going to come to all sports? Can you, like, bet on whether a guy is going to foul off the next pitch in Major League Baseball? The whole, the whole question is latency, right? How quickly? So especially the sports that have breaks, like football, where you've got 20, 30 seconds, 20 or so seconds between plays, you're going to be able to bet every play. And you are in some spots. Basketball, it's only going to be when there's stoppage. But remember, there's stoppage all the time time so and soccer again in europe is the key and they do this in soccer every second of the game there's something you can bet that is amazing all right i'm sure you talk about that on straight out of vegas with rj bell weekdays three to four on fox sports radio the number one national sports betting show rj has a dream preview a podcast on itunes it covers both college football and nfl episodes each week and of course pregame.com for all the games we talked about today and more on twitter at rj in vegas we'll talk to you next week thanks so much for jumping on thank you The Kevin and Bean Show, the world famous K Rock. There were two weird things that involved the Kevin and Bean Show yesterday that I saw on social media. One was, hey, Jonah Ray, by the way, first of all. What a terrible introduction. <laughs> I'm not done yet, but I just wanted to acknowledge that you were here. Oh, right, you're not here? here. <laughs> One was, William Shatner tweeted. Did you guys see this? William Shatner tweeted his fans to get them to start a campaign to contact the Kevin and Bean Show oh. about playing selections from his Christmas album. We did. Does he not know we did? I don't know if he did. I hope he didn't hear it. Oh. I hope he didn't hear us uh, re- reviewing his new Christmas album. No, he would not but be anyway, tweeting about it. Right. So Bill wants us to start playing. Played some of his Christmas album. Jody, you got to hear this. By I the mean, way. Who, I? who demands that you play specific songs before appearances? Jonah Ray does and William Shatner. <laughs> two of the same time. And of Jonah person. Ray was the other one who said, I'm going on Kevin and Bean tomorrow. I'm going to talk him into playing some minor threats. So, the, yeah. so somebody was really uh, working on our playlist yesterday. Yeah. Wow. What would you rather hear, K Rock listeners? <laughs> uh, Jonah, I'd like. Up a minor threat and, and William yeah. Shatner. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to hear you start us off by singing a little bit of Guilty of Being White. Why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think this is the environment for me to be singing that song. 
song. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. Um, how, when you say you were uh, you were a punk rocker back in the uh, Hawaii days, mm-hmm. how how deep into punk rock were you? Were you in a band? Yeah, I was in lots of bands. I was in a band. Uh, first band I got into was called God, which was uh, which stood for God our Dictator. Uh, Whoa, deep. Yeah, and then I, I was in a band called The Year Outs, which was us making fun of our friend's band, The Cartmans. Because uh, um, our, our friend in the Cartmans was always, it's like, he's like, if you don't show up to practice on time, that's it, you're out, you're out. It's, if you, can't, if you can't play those songs right, you're out. So we became the You're Outs. Everyone that was kicked out of the Cartmans was our band. Awesome. Yeah, then I played in a band called 36 Chambers, which uh, we named ourselves because we're into Kung Fu movies. And then, of course, Wu Tang yeah. uh, kind of made that a little more popular. Than so they stole from you. They yeah. stole from us. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Quarterhead, yeah. Did you give up on your music, uh, your music dreams at some point when you discovered comedy? Yeah, well, it's like I came, I, I moved out to uh, Los Angeles, and I moved down to San Pedro, and I was like hanging with a lot of the people from, you know, Recess Records and you know the Toys That Kill and FYP guys, and I tried to join bands, and I roadied for a couple bands, and I played with this one band I joined called uh, Science and the Lab Rats, and there was a guy who was the main dude in it, called himself Science. And he dressed like in you know fishnet tight like you know shirts and had like a dominatrix leather cop uh, hat. I'm sold. Yeah, yeah. And it and, and it sounded just like you know uh, like the Ramones kind of stuff. But it was the guy was such a weirdo that I uh, s- quietly just backed away. But now <laughs> and then years and years and then I sold my drum set and I was like I have to pick between you know music and comedy and yeah. and, and now that I'm uh, bored by comedy I started playing drums and music again. Now I'm playing in a band with a guy. That plays. Uh, he played in the band The Blood Brothers. Uh, his name is Cody. And then I play. And another guy in the band is Denver. He was in uh, Bright Eyes and Desperados and stuff like that. So. Oh wow! Yeah. Like, so you're stepped weird. up. You're like yeah. punk rock's Donald Glover. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. I, I, and and I, I will be so much less successful. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm glad you haven't given up your dreams. I'm glad that 15-year-old Jonah Ray could look at Jonah Ray today and still be proud. That oh, that's all I do. That's the best thing about Jonah Ray, and I feel like we kind of we've been friends for a long time, yeah. and I think we share that, which is that so much of your childhood inspiration is still your career. So much so that you are the star of one of your favorite television shows from your childhood. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's nuts. It's it's nuts to like, and I think that's important. It's like like you know, be inspired by your young self, and I think we talked about this a long yeah, time a lot, ago. Yeah. And it's the idea of just like even in be inspired, but also just like show them how it's done. Yeah. Like, you know, I look at old pictures of myself and I go, you idiot. You don't know what to do. I'm going to show you how to live a life. Yeah. When we last had you in, you were trying to wrap your head around the fact that you were hosting Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yeah. Can you? Have you no, wrapped I, your head around it? If I think about it too much, I kind of get overwhelmed and yeah. emotional and I, I, I try not to do that. Um, it's it's just so odd that it's like literally a thing that I wanted to do as a kid, and so I bad. and I and I and a lot of this career, uh, like when like when you get into a comedy career in any career in entertainment, you kind of you experience versions of what you wanted, mm-hmm. and those are can be just as good or better, you know. But like it's always like, oh, I want to do this, but it's not exactly that. Yeah. Uh, and um and with this, it's like a, literally like a one to one. You know, comparison. I've got to do the thing. It's like growing up wanting to be president, and then you are the president. Which I think I have a shot at. Yeah, you're still in in the running there. Yeah, Yeah. I think so. So you mean, so there are people out there who are now growing up watching you, and you to them is what Joel was to you then. 
which yeah. has got to be the weirdest thing in the world. Because when you meet those fans now who are as enamored of you as you would have been to meet Joel as a kid, it must blow, blow your mind again. I feel sorry for him. <laughs> I, 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 like, uh, you should watch Joel. It's yeah, really yeah exactly. I was like, watch Joel, watch Mike. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, that's, that's I, you know, and it's another thing I try not to think about too much. It's, um, I, 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 I hope that I can, you know, provide them as much like comfort and laughs as like those guys provided for me. But you, you never know, you know. Uh, it's uh, it's you can't, you can't really like you know predict how people are gonna zero be zero ego. Yeah. It's almost. Oh, to I the was point gonna say confidence, but oh. sure, yeah, either one works. Yeah, either one works. I just meant so humble. Yes. Yeah. You uh, you shared a sweet story online this week that I want to ask you to repeat for our listeners because we're all such huge Patton fans. And he's, you know, he's one of your evil henchmen on uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000. You go back a long way with Patton as a fan of his, right? Yeah, I mean, I was a huge fan of his, um, you know, like, as I started seeing him pop up on, you know, Conan and um, just Comedy Central shows and stuff like that. And especially when I started doing comedy in 2002 at the M-Bar scene, which would go on to become comedy Death Ray, comedy Bang Bang. And so, yeah, I've been, a, like, a huge fan of his for a very long time. And um, it's uh, when I was uh, starting to do comedy, um, I was also working at the Arclight Movie Theater. Yes, that's in, right. In Hollywood. And, you know, it was always kind of funny because I'd go out and do these shows with, like, Sarah Silverman and, and, and Pat Oswalt and people like that. And then I would, you know, the next day be, like, taking their ticket or making them popcorn. Oh, and, I love that. And uh, I um, remember one time I was introducing a movie at the, uh, the Dome. Uh, that's what you have to do at that theater. You introduce a movie, and I remember uh, Sarah Silverman stood up, and she's like, "It's like, hey, Jonah, you stink!" And then made a real loud <laughs> fart noise. <laughs> um, and but like, uh, Patton was at the cafe at the theater, um, you know, having lunch with someone, um, and he saw me and he waved me over and he introduced me to his friend and said, "Hey, this is this is Jonah. Uh, he's a very funny comedian." And mm. you know, when you're an, when you're an older comic and you kind of do something like that, even though it's so it's so slight and it doesn't take a lot of energy and like, but like it's it means so much. To that Absolutely. Person. Yeah, it's insane. It's so huge, and it's like one of those things where when you're a younger person trying to get into you know the scene, it's like. Uh, it like you have to take these small little moments and mm-hmm. then you blow them up in your head and you go, it is working. It is like yeah. going to be okay. I've been endorsed, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Then you sold Aww. those shirts for like five years. It said, great comedian, Jonah Ray, Pat Oswalt. <laughs> Pat Oswalt, yeah. yeah. Was yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know if he did it for that reason. Yeah, but. and on the bag was just was like, now I got to get back to making the caramel corn. <laughs> yeah. And you thought that Pat was just looking for a refill at his coffee or something yeah. when he waved you over. So that was a real That bonus. was probably it. He, then he recognized me too late. He's like, oh, hey. Oh, yeah, this guy, yeah. All right, last uh, question. We have to take a break with Jonah. We'll come back and talk more about Mystery Science Theater 3000 on Netflix, but that is when you would stand up to introduce the movie like they do with the arc light and you point out the you know the exits and you talk about the trash and turn off your phone and all that, did you try to work in some comedy too since you were an aspiring comedian? Did you like make that part of the act? Never. Oh, I'm so no. proud. Really? I, I never. I'm so proud of you, Jonah. I saw someone do that the first time I went to that theater and I was like, what is this? Why are they doing <laughs> this? Captive audience. And I didn't want to do it when I, when I started working there. And then uh, when I realized that's all you had to do on that shift was just introduce movies, uh-huh. I was like, all right, what's the minimum of what you have to say? Right. Oh, the name of the movie, where the exits are, if there's any problems, we'll be off to the side. That's it? Uh, and they're like, yeah. So if you go to those theaters and you see someone doing anything else, the running time, no need. No. They don't know. Right. It's like, like who's in it? Not necessary. Right. If you see, you hear him saying anything else, that's just them chewing the scenery. Yeah. So the, the dude that said his SoundCloud... 
Mm. He shouldn't have done that. No. <laughs> Someone should have stood up and been like, Jonah, you suck. Yeah. <laughs> what is like? It's like the guy is like, check out my SoundCloud. HTTP colon. I need you to get your phones out. <laughs> All right, Mystery Science Theater's Rethousand the Gauntlet is the new season just dropped this week. I want to say, or last week maybe, on Netflix. Jonah Ray is the host and he's our guest. And we'll return with more right after this on K Rock. It's Kevin and Bean on K Rock. K Rock. K Rock. Q. Jonah Ray, our guest in studio here on the Kevin and Bean Show, who you know and love from uh, from perhaps the meltdown with the mail. Yeah, what's, the what's that guy up to? I haven't heard from him. in heard his podcast. He's okay. Uh, he's doing all right. Okay. Yeah. Hey, he was nominated <laughs> but did not win for his Academy Award? Him and uh, Emily V. Gordon, who they co-wrote uh, The Big mm-hmm. Stick together. Yeah, they mm-hmm. were nominated but lost to Jordan Peele. Yeah. Was he insufferable when he was walking around for those months as an Oscar-nominated uh, screenwriter? No, you know what's really crazy about that is that like if that whole that whole like that whole time in their lives it just humanized them so much more where you know that that old saying it's like you know fame doesn't change you it just reveals who you are mm-hmm. it's uh you know it turns out emily and kumail are just like the sweetest most the grounded best. people Aww. where yeah. they kind of were really tired of that whole process of doing that stuff and they, they were they were you know really sweet people during that process for and sure they were tired all the time yeah <laughs> do you um back to me Back to me. Do you watch a lot of movies, Jonah? Is that a, is that a, something you're into? Yeah, like the Big Sick. Yes, I love yeah. the Big Sick. I'm really excited for Stuber coming right. out next year. Fist Fight is a great Kumail yeah. Nanjiani joint. You gonna, you're gonna get into that Twilight Zone over at CBS? Oh, I can't wait! I'm gonna subscribe to yet another platform to watch my friend who won't send me links. Really great we X Files yeah. that he yeah. did. Yeah, we were talking about the Golden Globe nominated movies today, and a bunch of them have not come out yet. But Jensen was saying he thinks this year on television was even better than this year in the movies. I do. Oh, you do? do I you? do. And this is a guy who was at the Arclight forever. What was your movie, your favorite movie on your name tag? It was Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but it would only say Homeward Bound on it. And then people would go, is Homeward Bound really your favorite movie? And I would say, well, it is an incredible journey. <laughs> How much thought went into picking the favorite movie? Not at all. Like, it's, really? you, you write it down when you're, like, filling out your application. Right. So it's just, like, favorite movie. And I was just, like, you know, to myself in this room, like, I'm like, homeward bound. <laughs> I'm so funny. And I didn't know they put him on the name tag. That's amazing. And I remember there was one dude I worked with who had uh, Blade Trinity on his, and it hadn't come out. Everyone's like, why? How's your movie? And he's, he's like, because I'm in it. No one can argue with him. No. Yeah. No. Jonah, tell us about the day you took the camera down to the superheroes uh, <laughs> that hang out in Hollywood to, to shoot a little promo video for MST. Well, me and my friend Neil Mahoney, who, uh, who I love, a great dear friend, and we do our our podcast Jonah Radio uh, together along with Cash. Uh, but uh, we, um, I, you know, there's not a lot of. Uh, there's not a lot of promotion behind Mystery Science Theater 3000, and that's okay. That's kind of the way it's always been, and I'm a, I'm a DIY guy, so I decided to make my own promo by getting into the jumpsuit and then going down to, uh, you know, the Chinese theater and taking pictures with other people dressed up, and uh, mostly people thought I was my own Ghostbuster. <laughs> And uh, a lone Ghostbuster, Ghostbuster. no proton pack. It's just you having a smoke break at the fire. Real bad Ghostbuster, exactly. And it's yellow, and they're like, "Is that?" Yeah, it was. um, It was a weird scene, and I actually kind of felt scared. Paul Tompkins has a great 
uh, stand-up routine about like how uh, the, a guy who would go and dress up as Freddy Krueger uh, actually had knives on his the glove for the <laughs> outfit, and then when some guy tried to get in his space, it turns out the knives were real, so he stabbed the other guy <laughs> oh with his finger gosh. knives. And so I was out there going like, like this is these people's livelihood, yeah. and yeah. I felt I didn't want to feel like I was judging it. I just thought it was a funny thing to do mm-hmm. uh, to utilize uh, you know the the lack of promotion and my low self esteem simultaneously to make. Yeah. Some good internet content. Well, the video was very funny because obviously nobody had a clue who you were, but there must have been something you didn't put in the video of at least one fan who was stoked to meet you. None. <laughs> no, really? Nobody. It's not like, it's like, I'm not famous. It's not that. I'll, I'll defend this. Okay. People who would be into Mystery Science Theater are not on Hollywood and Highland. Absolutely. They're the people who avoid it at all costs. Yeah. Very good so point. So you do Absolutely not have your audience agree. there. That's true. That's yeah. true. Maybe I, I stack the deck against my favor, which is yeah. something I do in life. Don't go to like City Walk next. Yeah. You know what I mean? Pick somewhere outside of maybe Amoeba like we brought up. Yeah. The Arclight. Both those places people will know who Jonah yeah, uh, when, it doesn't happen. When you got together in the writer's room, I assume, to start plotting this uh, this latest season of uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000, how do you re- reinvent a show that's been on for so long? Or do you not even try? You just go, hey, we just got to do more of what we do and just do it better. Yeah, that's, you know, Joel Hodgson, the creator, he really, you know, wanted to kind of uh, keep within the spirit. There's not much you can do to change the idea. That, like, you know, it's just a, it's a joke machine show. You know, you mm-hmm. just got to get to the riffs and the movies and you got to kind of have fun with everything else. And so there's not much you could change where, you know, if you really look at SNL, it's essentially the same show and they just kind of, you know, cycle through different people making mm-hmm. it. And so that's kind of what it was. We didn't want to stretch it too far one way or the other. A really cool element of this new season, though, is we had Rob Schraub, uh, who's an incredible director. Yeah, he came um, up with Sarah Silverman, right? Yeah, he was yeah. Uh, came up with Sarah Silverman. He directed the Sarah Silverman program. He was uh, Dan, him and Dan Harmon, who went on to create uh, Rick and Morty with Justin Roiland. It's like he's this guy that has an amazing visual eye, and he really brought a ton of energy to the new season. And so um, that's like, that really, I felt, pushed it. For as long as these episodes take, just not only the research to begin, but the shooting and everything. When you started getting those tweets seven hours after the launch, watch the gauntlet. When's ne- when's the next ones? Were you like, please let me have a break. Yeah. <laughs> let me relax just for a minute. I would say that if I didn't need the work. Okay, uh, okay. I want got them it. to got start it, it up yes. immediately. But I did just get back from, we did a live tour mm-hmm. and, you know, that was... Uh, that was really long and, and tough and just that was seeing the same movies over and over, over again over, every yeah. night which was terrible but at the same time like it's like I like doing this yeah. and I, I would love to keep on doing it as much as possible and you got to tour with your wife I got to tour with my wife Deanna Rooney who's in, she's in the new season amazing yeah Dr. Donna St. Fives yeah. so it's uh, yeah it was it was great it was really 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 cool well, yeah. I'm the one who keeps tweeting them for new Bing commercials yes yes <laughs> my <laughs> legacy the real true Jonah Ray <laughs> legacy Hey, it's a, it's a, you know what's so funny? There was a guy on Twitter who was like, "Hey man, really love the new season of MST3K. Been a fan since the Bing days." And I was like, "Who sees a guy in a commercial for I'm a, a fan of that guy. I love it. I like this dude. I like how he said you're a follow, Bing man. Yeah, I'm gonna man. follow this guy's career and how they think that I vouch for it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, um, it's called I, money. I've only seen <laughs> yeah, two. It. I've only seen two of the six, Jonah. But Atlantic Rim is one of my favorite episodes I've ever seen. Oh wow. Oh, thanks. That one was real tough. That's because that's a new movie. That's the newest yeah. movie MST's ever done. And it's an asylum movie, which is what they call Mockbusters. Yeah. And, you know, they are not good movies. Uh, but <laughs> Well, like you said, it's Pacific Rim with, uh, what did you say, 
like a millionth of the budget and even less of the talent or something like that? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy how bad it is. It's it's real bad. And it, it's two, two of the people that are in the movie reached out to me, and they were just like, they're like, yes, we're sorry. We're so, we're so sorry about this movie. Oh, no. Yeah. That's it's, it's so cr- sad. It's crazy how hot the women scientists are at Atlantic Rim, though. <laughs> Isn't it? I don't know, man. I don't think of that stuff. I don't look at a movie looking for hot scientist ladies. <laughs> I, well, you're watching movies wrong. That's right? yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. And everyone knows there's no hot scientist ladies. Can't be smart and hot at the same time. <laughs> Impossible. That's, yeah. that's, uh, that's what Jensen's always said all the time. Yeah, Jensen, I, right? That was what I lived by. Yes. My motto. That's what I've heard. Time, yeah. So, um, yeah. if there's, if there's uh, the season is being tremendously well reviewed, as I know you know, because you, you're an egomaniac and you read your own press. But uh, right. the only com- looked at all. The only complaint is that it's only six episodes. That's the mm. only thing that people are hurting for. And and that's good news, though, because yeah. that means there's, you'll come back sooner and do more movies before you know it, right? Ideally, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I'd love to keep on making these and you know keep on doing it, which would be it's fun. Great. Yeah. It's fun. You do a great job. All right, Thank before we you. let you go, anything fun for the holidays? You going anywhere? Doing anything fun? No. Uh, like The only thing I got planned for the next uh, month or so is uh, me and uh, uh, Zach uh, from, uh, he's the singer Efron. for- uh, No, 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 no. Galifianakis. No. Uh, from, he's from the band Fiddler. Oh, which is a great, we love Fiddler. Yeah, yeah. Great. So, yeah. um, Zach and I are, are getting together, and he's going to produce, I'm going to do an EP of Weird Al covers. Uh, no. How did you not lead with this, Ravine? <laughs> do you want to do another segment oh with him? Oh, my Nate? God. <laughs> okay, wait. Weird Al covers with him from Fiddler? F- yeah, with Zach from Fiddler. And so, I don't understand. Is it going to be of his his original music? I'm using his lyrics and then re- and redoing my own music uh, to mm-hmm. some of his lyrics from some of the parodies. But, like, I'm doing, like, Dare to be Stupid, but with uh, this is like be... parody inception. Yeah, it's just like a dumb thing I've been doing, and then like oh Zach God. is like, he's like, let's record these and just kind of uh, put it out. And it's uh, uh, my friend Chantel Claret. Like, uh, she gave me the title of it, which is uh, "You Can't Call Me Al." <laughs> Amazing, yeah. Chantel, yeah. hero. This, yeah. uh, is this breaking news right now, Jonah? Are we? Uh, is this? Has this yeah, not this is been the first released? time I've uh, mentioned it uh, out loud. So That's let's yeah. uh, let's give him a round of applause for that. By the way, that is amazing. What a scoop! All right, when you get uh, when you get that one done, please come back and see us. All right, we can't wait to hear all about it. I want to be here all the time. You can't call awesome. me uh, out. I think he's trying to take my gig. No, no. I think he could have your gig. Oh, hey. rats. <laughs> Mystery Science Theater 3000, The Gauntlet, now available on Netflix. Please enjoy. Jonah Ray, we love you. Thanks so much for coming in. Thanks for having me. Kevin and Bean on K-Rock, K-R-O-Q. What if I told you our good friend Dr. Jupinski was on the phone? I'd believe it because we do it every week. Dr. Drew. Hey, it's something something that's un- unchanging every week. How yeah, about that? Yes, mm-hmm. and we appreciate it. I know I tell you this from time to time, but we know how busy you are and that you're on the in front of a microphone 23 and a half hours a day. So we appreciate when we get to be one of them. You uh, you texted out, or excuse me, tweeted out something yesterday that you were doing an interview on um, seasonal defect. What was it called? Seasonal? Affective disorder. Affective disorder. That's a real thing for people who get bluer than blue when the weather starts to change and the days become shorter, right? Yeah, you know what's interesting that you caught that is I was I it was I was on Dave Navarro's show talking about that. Is that the tweet you saw? Yes, or was that's I, the one. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, and so I went in and started talking about that, and within really seconds, we started talking about how miserable the world is generally. And uh, that I think is a good sort of indicator of the kind of burden that people have this year that might be a little different than in previous years. So as you're saying, the days are shorter, there's less light, and that can Mm -hmm. affect our neurobiology. There's the stress of 
being around family and consuming too much alcohol. There's the FOMO of looking at other people's Instagram. There's also nostalgia. There's also people that are lonely or had loss. All that comes crushing down around the holidays. And there's something kind of weird and uncanny about the holidays where just everything goes down. It's weird. I, you know, when I used to work in emergency rooms, every medical problem you could imagine would come rushing through the door unrelated to stress just things coming in randomly so there's something maybe statistical about this time of year on top of that and so there's a lot going on but the thing i i think it's worthy of a little conversation today is we're a we're kind of a mess country. <laughs> i agree <laughs> i agree look dr drew we've had conversations on this show in the last couple of weeks about studies that we have seen that suggest that the majority of people over 50 percent would rather not gift exchange so something that used to be a thing that people really enjoyed and looked forward to now has just become overwhelming. It's become too much of a burden. It's become too too much pressure. And, and, and I, I feel would like argue that being hidden yeah. in that is is one of the problems that we're dealing with right now is complete disconnect. Yeah. As opposed to you know thinking of another person and then you know we think about it as consumerism, but in reality there's a there's a healthy piece to this, which is you think about that other person, you think about something genuine about them, you bring that to them, and you it's an offering of something genuine about that person person that you appreciate that you've thought about that's connectivity and we ain't connected we are not connected right now uh we are not in clubs we are not in organizations we are not in neighborhoods we are not in communities we're not even in families anymore and that to me is and again i you could easily say not giving gifts is just a sign of us being stressed and overwhelmed but i think it's a sign of the lack of connectivity which is underlying so much of what's going wrong right now I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, I think it's, it's, we, we are a nation of 300 million people who walk around who are almost in our own little universe. Not to defend it. Not to defend it. But it is in the last three years, really, mm-hmm. more than any other time, I have felt more consumed by taking care of myself than I ever have. So, like, can I, can I ask But you, maybe how, how, it's Jen, because of self-care. Just, I'm 39. Okay, so you're at the... You're at the you're just outside of the whole millennial thing. Yeah. And, and I bet they would say the same thing. I, yeah. I bet that's true. But they're, but they're spending the, the rest of their time looking at their screen. True, yeah. And that is so unhealthy. We have so much envy. We have so much aggression. And then, you know, and then we're we're acting out like mobs in social media. You've heard me talk about this before. Mm-hmm. But but there is a chance, you know, I, I thought we kind of came together a little bit around H.W. Bush's funeral. I, I feel like we have potential to come together. I, I, have, I have found two, two things I've found rather powerful right now. One is um, apologies. I think it's time to look at other people's points of view and to the extent that you can really get in other people's shoes. When you get there, you'll find yourself thinking, oh, man, I, I didn't really see it. Mm, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I didn't really get your point of view. And, and go ahead and apologize. And the other emotion that there just isn't enough of, and, and it's an emotion that when people express it, I know they're in good, good, good shape, and that is gratitude. Mm-hmm. Gratitude, gratitude, and think about the world's religions. One of the one of the, one of their sort of core precepts always is be thankful, be thankful. Well, Lord, we're thankful for, and we never are thankful for anything. We're, we're ingrates now. I think you're. I mean, I certainly try. Gratitude is. I probably don't apologize as much as I should, if I'm being honest. Uh, I definitely put gratitude first and foremost. I, it's literally good. within good. the first minute of waking up every day, I am grateful to A, be alive, B, be in good health, C, be able to get up and walk. 
and uh, and a lot, there are a lot of people who don't have those things. And I certainly recognize how fortunate I am to have a great wife and to have a great job and to have great friends and everything. I, I mean, I do think I've got that. But I I also think you're when you bring up the George H. W. Bush thing, I feel like that made me sad hearing all those eulogies about how he was a people person and looked at the liked to work across the aisle and wanted you know wanted what was best for the country not for him and was a modest guy and had all those other great characteristics we hear about the greatest generation and it just to me made me think we may never have a president like that again because the guys who come after him aren't like that that's those are dead times it's on us we'll have it if we want it right Uh, and it's i i I, am a I think one of the things that we have to maybe do is look away from 3,000 miles east and just look locally. And that's one of the things all the craziness I'm hoping causes us to do. The local practice of democracy, the local giving, the local service, the local appreciation of the relationships we actually have. Uh, Maybe the television and mass media has made us feel too close to something we shouldn't feel so close to, right? We should be thinking is that the local practice of democracy that's always made this country work. Well, so I don't know. We're, get, we're getting deep down a rabbit hole here. But no, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm an optimist probably to me too, a, a yeah. fault. But I would say that the one thing that this has done has pushed a lot of my generation towards local government, which I know for a fact more that's people... That's a very positive mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. A very positive thing. And and I and I'm hoping that you know that it also pushes, pushes us back towards real relationships, bodies in space, not in screen on screens. And that's what humans need. We just need that. And uh, we've—I'm kind of seeing the generation behind the millennials coming up, and, and I think they're into it. I think I think they got it. Maybe, but we'll I see. So. I mean, who knows? We, and we've been through worse times, guys. We've been through worse. This is not, you know, that bad. I mean, just we're just kind of a mess right now. This was a very helpful conversation. I did not expect it to go as deep as it did, Doctor Drew. But you bring up some really good points, and certainly some points worth thinking about. Where can we hear the podcast uh, where you expand on this with Dave Navarro? Uh, it's called Dark Matter. I, we did it last night. I don't know. It's on Dash Radio, I think. Uh, okay. We, we got into all kinds of stuff last night. And Dave, of course, very insightful and, and you know, brilliant dude and added to this conversation. But, but it's something I'm talking about on KBC all the time. It's something I'm talking about on This Life all the time. It's just it's preoccupying me. And, and one of the things Dave asked me last night, he goes, he goes, you know, being in the public is really scary now, and it, does, and it feels bad. I said, yeah, it does. But I, as somebody who claimed to be the person that's trying to be of help to people through through things like radio, now is the time to step up. This is when you have to step up. When it get, when it does feel bad, it does get tough. So I plan to hang in. Keep doing the great work on 790 KBC, uh, noon to 3, Monday through Friday. All sorts of great Dr. Drew podcasts, including one that sounds fascinating, where you had Lisa Lampanelli in, who's got oh, a lot so going good. on these days. So yeah, she, she's becoming a life coach, right? She, and yeah. she told me the whole story, and you'll, you'll be moved. She is a, as amazing as a life coach as she is as a comedian. Just a human being. She's she was, fill, by the way, just so you know, she was filling... Like a like a no like she was at big theaters for a good year. Oh, she was yeah. really killing. Decided kind of to step away a bit for her own, and then now is becoming a life coach. So That's, no more comedy no at more all. Comedy. <gasps> I know. I, I was so upset about that. I begged her to at least do one a year, please, for, for all of us to love her. But yeah. she's really way – she's a transformed person. She's amazing. That's great. Also, the Adam and Dr. Drew podcast you can find at drdrew.com and the Swole Patrol with Mike Catherwood as well. Download the Heal app in the App Store or Google Play. See a doctor now in the comfort of your own home. drdrew.com for all the rest. We love you, man. Thanks for jumping Thanks, on. Appreciate Bye-bye. it. The Kevin and Bean Show on K Rock. We interrupt this program to bring you breaking news. Just saw this. Director John M. Chu, who we're a big fan of here on this show, we had him in when Crazy Rich Asians was getting ready to come out, which is music he made, has announced his next project. And I think everyone in this room is going to be excited about it. 
Okay. He is going to do a movie, a biopic, mm-hmm. on Arnel Pineda, the lead singer of Journey. Hmm. The film will depict his rise from an obscure singer in the Philippines to the front man of the arena rock band after getting discovered by Journey founding member Neil Schoen during, uh, via YouTube. Yeah. They made a documentary about this a couple of years ago. Yes. I mean, are you, just be honest here, are you yeah. angling to show up in the movie the same way you did Rockstar? Because it's a very <laughs> similar plot, and I it think it, without Kevin and Bean in it, it's <laughs> not right. It was Kevin Abid's rock star. You're right about that. I don't know what this film is going to be called. Probably Don't Stop Believing, I yeah. would imagine, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, uh, Kevin Abid's Don't Stop Believing sounds Kevin Abid's Don't Stop Believing. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, I know it is the same story as Rockstar, but isn't it amazing that this kid sang on a YouTube video and he ended up being the lead singer of the band that he loved? It's a little like our past guest, Jonah Ray. Yes, yeah, very with, similar. Yeah. Absolutely. This story has particularly been on my mind since I first read it a few years ago. A f- true fairy tale and triumph of the human spirit. An unlikely hero, an undeniable talent, the power of music, and a worldwide stage has all the ingredients I love about movies. Plus, he's a huge Journey fan, too. I don't know. I just think that's a fascinating, fascinating story. The dude sure sounds like Steve Perry, doesn't he? Yes. Identical. Yeah. Identical. And if it doesn't end with just a bunch of white girls singing at a sorority party drunk, <laughs> then all they the did time. it wrong. Then right. it's wrong, yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, it sounds like you're not as impressed as I was. I nope. think it's pretty cool. Nope, definitely I, not. I think it's great. I mean, any way you want it, I'll take it. Oh, right? With open arms. I see arms. what you did there. I see what you yeah. did there. Yeah. So just, I'm done. All right. Um, yeah, they sound so much alike, though. Like, to the point where I was like, oh, Steve Perry's back. No. Yeah. That's if, you tried to, if you tried to A, B it, it would be hard to determine which one is the real yeah. Steve Perry. Same with UB40. UB40, the Wasn't lead it singer's his brother? gone. It's brother, but yes. they sound exactly alike. <gasps> yeah. So weird. Mm-hmm. I wonder if know. that did that cause a lot of problems in the family. Do we have we ever done a deep dive into that? No, but I'm looking to do their biopic. Oh, yeah. I like it. The UB40 pick. Kevin means red, red wine. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So, not sure if you guys saw um, this story about Pete Davidson and Ariana Grande, but um, I heard they broke up. They did break up. Yeah. But did you hear that um, he blocked her on all social medias because he wants her to stop reaching out? He said, stop reaching out. You're not good for my health. I can't have this in my life. And it was essentially like, no, don't even talk to me at any point. Mm. And I started thinking about, I wonder if I have ever blocked anyone on social like, I blocked people, but not someone I was in a relationship oh, with. Oh, I do that almost every time. Do you really? Even in good endings, yeah. Why? I don't I don't. You just don't want to see see him every day. Okay. At Twitter, I might stick around, but like, I feel like, and my wife has got me in a better headplace about it, but like, seeing someone's picture every single day, Uh that's like a pretty crazy commitment to someone. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, imagine just every single day, oh, I want to see what they're up to visually. Okay. That, it's it, like a is thing. Is a, a little bit that you don't want to see them happy as no, well? I just don't want to see them at all. I, at I'm not all. in their lives anymore. Okay. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah, we're not, I don't need to know everything going on. But don't on you want to stay friends with your exes, particularly if you leave on a, on a good note? Uh, no, I don't really want to stay friends with an ex. And I'm we're talking with, blocking, not just unfollowing. I will mostly, well, it's either or. I've done okay. Both. But I will say about being friends with an ex, I think that's something we've all been fed since that, like that childhood. We should that we be should able be, to I don't think be that's a thing. Enough. I think we should just mm-hmm. be acquaintances so you see them out and good to see you, good to see you. Not right. like an anger or anything, right. but like, no, you don't need to keep them around. I think it's actually kind of unhealthy. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway. This is a whole different conversation. I'd love it to hear really other people's. It really is. 
yeah. thoughts on this. Yeah, we may we have to have to make that a phone topic. But that you know is what I mean? Yeah. That's like that's like we've been told to be friends with them. And no, I think- but I disagree because sometimes you think the person is awesome, but there is some reason that makes sense that you guys can't be together as a couple, as a romantic couple. Doesn't mean that's not a great person that you still would enjoy hanging out with. I'm saying that there are going to be a very minimal amount of uh, exceptions, mm-hmm. but I, I think in most cases you are not moving on in your journey to find right. who you're supposed to be with until you still let checking that go. in with yes. those people yes. okay yes. yeah uh, some, and I somebody's think, immature uh, no I, I but i think he is also right that it's very rare for two people to come at the same at the same time what for people to come to the I'll same say. conclusion of you know what you're a wonderful per- person it's just not right one person comes to that decision, and the yeah. other person is like, "Wait yeah. a minute!" That is, that's lightning strike. Yeah, by the way. so it's yeah. it, that's incredibly rare. Interesting. Yeah, we'll get into it sometime. Yeah, this is a deep dive. Let's do it. You guys remember when Red Nose Day got all the people from one of the greatest movies ever, Love Actually, back together? They found out what they had all been up to. Did that? Well, yeah. they are doing it again with another movie that they're calling iconic which I'm not sure if I'm on board, but people seem to still love it, Four Weddings and a Funeral. They are going to reunite that, reunite that cast and do a little short film dubbed One Red Nose Day and a Wedding. So they're going to get back uh, Andy McDowell, Kristen Scott Thomas, John Hanna, and of course, Hugh Grant. Any interest? I- uh, yes, okay. I would like to see that. I like that movie very much. I thought okay. the, they did a nice job with the, the Love Actually one, who For I think sure. was same director, right? Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm in. Okay. There's right. like a Love Actually Live going on in L.A. right now, There right? sure is. Yeah. yeah. They're, it's all the same people that they used to do it uh, the on the record shows. Mm-hmm. And they're doing Love Actually Live. Yeah. Amazing. You guys, I like Christmas time so much. Everything about it is great. So have you guys heard about this show called The Year in Memoriam 2018? Um, is this just where we look back on the celebrities that have died in the last 12 months? Uh, it, essentially, yes. Um, it's going to be hosted by Robin Roberts from Good Morning America and Jimmy Kimmel. And it's all about the show honoring stars we've lost in the past year. So they're going to um, honor Stephen Hawking, Burt Reynolds, Stan Lee, Senator John McCain, Barbara Bush, and a lot of performances Um honoring Aretha Franklin, including Kelly Clarkson. So she's going to be performing, as well as a lot of people uh, sharing stories about Aretha, uh, Patti LaBelle, Gladys Knight, Smokey Robinson. So it's kind of a, a huge tribute to the people we've lost. They figured out a way to turn obituaries into a television show. Yeah. Essentially, it's it's the uh, memoriam at little the quick segment at the Oscars. Have you ever wished the Oscars memoriam was longer? <laughs> well, we have a show for you. This well, is, if you're this interested... Is, this is the first step toward my full-time death channel that I'm trying I'm to get saying. going. This is Bean's dream to be involved with the show. It is going to be um, on ABC on December 6th. 17th, the year in memoriam 28. So if you're a celebrity and looking to die, get in right before that. I mean, you got yeah. to get in yeah. now, really. Yeah. Jensen, do you remember a show called A Thousand Ways to Die that was on cable? No. It was amazing. It was recreations of people who had been stung to death by bees or had <laughs> fallen into a meat processing grinder or something like that. And uh, we used to have them on all the time because, you know, Bee loves death. Yes. And we finally got to the point where we talked them into letting Kevin and Bean be on the show as <laughs> as bodies. They were, uh, we were going to get killed. We were going to somehow get killed on the show. And we were so excited for our big death scene on sure. A Thousand Ways to Die. 
Yeah, the show got canceled. Did you? Were you going to be able to pick which deck you had? I mean, no, they were going to uh, cite us something that was appropriate. You if know, you had for... to pick one, do you have a favorite? I don't. I mean, I, I would have been fine to been run over by a steamroller. Whatever they had would have been fine. Okay. Does that but... happen often? <laughs> <laughs> That's what the show is about, though, is that people who died in unusual ways, right? Steamroller. Uh, there, there was one episode where somebody got uh, uh, locked behind in a, a supermarket freezer. Oh, I mean, oh. that's a Brady Bunch episode. And couldn't, couldn't get out and died, though. Oh, that died. wasn't in the Brady Bunch yeah. episode. <laughs> Rest um, in peace, Alice. So we, we were all <laughs> set, and then they canceled the show, so we never got to be on oh. it. Oh, Bummer. So, but there's got to be something for me on the Death Channel when we get it going. Yeah. What would you call the Death Channel? Oh, I don't know. I think I mean, you go straight forward. It's yeah, called just the Death Channel. The Death, yeah. Channel. Death yeah. Channel. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let them know what it is. All right. Or RIP TV, maybe. Oh, that's good. Oh. All right. I like it, you guys. We really yeah. we worked shot that out. <laughs> some birthdays for you. Guitarist for R.E.M., Peter Buck, and Judd Apatow. And that's what's happening. A 5 p.m. commercial-free hour. You got it thanks to a random act of helpfulness from the SoCal Helpful Honda dealers. That'll be today with the Striker. Guys, tomorrow, I don't want to oversell it, but I think it's going to be a pretty big show. First mm-hmm. of all, Allie wants us to revisit hangover cures because yes. we have a lot of Mexicans listening. And their grandmas have the greatest the ideas best. on how to how to beat a hangover. Menudo. And it is, Just listen to Menudo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, eat Menudo. <laughs> this the uh, is the season. <laughs> also, we start uh, counting down. As you know, as we get near the uh, near the end of the Kevin Bean calendar year, we start to count down the top tens. Tomorrow is going to be the first one. We're going to do the top ten moments with <gasps> of 2018. My favorite. Uh, we'll also be doing uh, top ten sound bites. We'll be uh, we'll be doing the best callers of the year. We got uh, uh, top ten Omar intros. We mm-hmm. got a lot of good ones in the days to come. So we kick that off tomorrow. Uh, Adam Pally is going to be here. You guys, uh, one of my uh, Faves. He's a tremendous actor. I guess I've seen him a lot most recently, probably in uh, the Mindy Project, I think. Yeah. And the best uh, part about him, he takes these kind of appearances very serious. He loves talk show appearances, radio appearances. He brings his A game yeah, to them. Yeah, he is so. a wonderful interview. Yeah. Also, uh, Friday means keep it 100. You pick any song you want. We'll play that for you just after 9. And it's your final day to win your tickets for both nights of the K-Rock Absolute Almost Acoustic Christmas. We've got those for you. And Beer Mug is going to be in location tomorrow as well. And if I scroll down here, I can tip you off that he is going to be in Signal Hill. He'll be at the Del Taco location at 1801 Willow Street, Signal Hill tomorrow to go on by if you want to meet him, maybe win some stuff, including tickets to the show, and take by a new unwrapped toy to help with the toy drive that we're doing this year. So all of that tomorrow morning right here. It'll be a Friday on the Kevin and Beach on K-Rock. It's Kevin and Beach! K-Rock. K-R-O-Q. Santa is real. And he's a huge nerd. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.